It's that time again! Hello, everybody! Happy Thursday! Thank you for tuning in to Rory Sauter and the News. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. I hope you all are doing very well. I hope your week is going accordingly. We have a huge show tonight, a lot of notable names in attendance, a lot to address, a lot to establish. My first guest has lived a hell of a life, has had quite the career. I am glad he could join us. With us is Rainier Zettelman. Uh, sir, your first time on the show. It's an honor. Uh, first and foremost, give us a bio, give us a background, tell us how it all started for you, all that good jazz. I did a lot of different things, as you mentioned. I'm a historian. I, I studied history and wrote now 26 different books. My new book is here. It's published yesterday. It's in the hands of capitalism. And it is published in 30 languages all over the world. And I promise I go to all of these 30 countries to speak about why it's important to defend capitalism. And I've been also an entrepreneur for 15 years in my life real estate investors or did a lot of different things but today it's my mission to defend capitalism i love it man and we, we got to defend capitalism it's the greatest gift to humanity it's the greatest gift to america you know it's 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 all about freedom it's all about you know but the big problem is you know a few days ago there was the, the new Index of Economic Freedom published by the Heritage Foundation. I don't know whether you know it. It's published every year. It is a ranking all countries, 177 countries all over the world. How economically free are these countries? You can call it also the capitalism scale. And now the surprise. United States is only placed 25. And this means there are 16 European countries today, more capitalists than the United States. Can you imagine this? Here in Europe, people think America is pure capitalism. But in the meantime, there are 16 European countries more economically free as the United States. And even we have a lot of problems here in, in Europe. Even we need, of course, much more capitalism. But so you see, I think we agree on this. Something is wrong, not only in Europe, also in the United States. And when you went to all these other countries, what was their viewpoint of capitalism? Did you get all different opinions? Did it all kind of match up? I mean, kind of give us the rundown on that. The, the most positive view about capitalism. What I, what I notice, a lot of the countries, you know, that are dealing with all this communism and socialism most of the voters in those countries want capitalism. I mean, that's why a lot of them come to America. But um, And I'm sure when you were doing these surveys, you were talking to the everyday citizen in these countries. But, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it depends which country. The most pro-capitalist country is one country that you mentioned. It's Poland. In our, we, we did a poll, a survey in 34 different countries. And the most pro-capitalism attitude is in Poland. And I think... This is not a surprise because in socialist times, Poland was one of the poorest countries in Europe. They were poorer than the Ukraine. GDP per capita was half of Czech Republic. And then they started with this capitalist transition and standard of living increased. And today it's great. I've been, I think this year, last year, 10 times in Poland. 
and there was the most positive attitude. But even maybe another thing that comes to your surprise, uh, in, in Western countries, the word capitalism has a negative connotation. It's like a dirty word. When I was in Vietnam, there were a lot of people who liked capitalism, the word, in Vietnam. I was invited to different universities in Vietnam, and they had even a workshop how to improve image of rich people. Can you imagine such a workshop in a university in the United States or in Europe, how to improve the image of rich people? This happened in Vietnam, so it was full of surprise. And you said Poland is has the highest, you know, approval uh, of capitalism in terms of, you know, their belief in it and, and, and how strongly yeah. they feel. Um, what would you say the second country that um, is very, you know? The second country, this is a positive surprise. It is really the United States. So there is a difference. But, between... but think about, I mean, that, that's, that's funny you say that because all the people in the United States that are, preaching socialism you and that's it's funny it's funny it's oh, number two. Uh, let, let me go on number two was united states but there was a huge difference in age groups when we when we asked people in my age older than 60 they were mu very much pro-economic freedom pro-capitalism pro-entrepreneurship when we oh. asked people younger than 30 they were not quite all negative but there was a huge difference to the older ones and there were more people different and then there are a lot of reasons but one reason is that teachers don't tell in school and don't tell their students about socialism they they hear a lot about the evils of capitalism but not about socialism i give you one example i i i mentioned this tour that i make to the 30 countries and Wherever I speak, I, I ask people in my audience one question. Have you heard about the biggest socialist experiment in history? What happened in the end of the 50s in China? This was Mao's so-called Great Leap Forward. 45 million people died. 45 million people died only in this one so-called Great Leap Forward. And wherever I speak about it, whether it's in Asia, Latin America, Europe, or United States, and whether I speak to 30 people, 300 or 3,000, there are only very few people who have heard about this at school or at university. This is a problem. Everyone heard about the problems of capitalism, but they don't hear the facts. I give you another fact that people haven't heard. 200 years before capitalism, 90% of the worldwide population lived in extreme poverty. 90%. Today, it's less than 10%. And what's more? important. Half of this reduction happened over the last decades, even in the beginning of the 80s, 43% of people in the world lived in extreme poverty. Today, it's less than 10%. Yeah. People don't hear this fact. So th this is why, you know, I have a t-shirt. Not today, I have a t-shirt. I love capitalism. If people ask me, why do you have this t-shirt? I love capitalism, because capitalism is the best against poverty. But but this is what people don't know. And this is the reason why I wrote this book in defense of capitalism. And what do you what do you say to all those people out there that uh, want to blame the rich for their problems and say that capitalism is the most evil part of America and all these people that are so delusional and deranged and ignorant with their mindset? I there's another book published two weeks before Bernie Sanders. 
I, I think the title is I read the book, It's Okay to Be Angry with Capitalism. And I read the book and you know what he says there? We should abolish all billionaires in the United States. There should be zero billionaires in the United States. But I will tell one thing to Bernie Sanders. The only countries where there are zero billionaires in the world is North Korea, Cuba, and the poorest African countries. Even in Venezuela, we have, we have one billionaire. Countries that are rich and countries where people have a good standard of living have a lot of billionaires. Some years ago, Bernie Sanders told us Sweden is a great country. He thinks Sweden is socialist. This is crazy. It was 50 years ago. He, he knows nothing about, uh, about history and about the world. If I speak about Sweden, the share of billionaires in Sweden, of course, adjusted to population, is 60% higher than in the United States. So if Bernie Sanders says we want a country without billionaires, it means we don't want to have Jeff Bezos. We want to have Elon Musk. We don't want to have Bill Gates. We don't want to have Warren Buffett. We don't want to have Sasha Prin. We don't have Larry Page. We want to have zero billionaires. And because what are the billionaires? Billionaires are very successful entrepreneurs. This is, and if you say we want to have zero billionaires, it's the same as if you say we don't want to have any successful billionaires. I think the United States should be proud to have people who founded companies like Google or like uh, uh, Emerson and, and Tesla and uh, Microsoft and whatever. You should be proud. And he says in his book, it's chapter four, a whole chapter, we should abolish all billionaires in the United States. I think it's crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and I'll tell you, if it wasn't for these billionaires, all these millions of people wouldn't have jobs, you know, and and, and that's that's something that the isn't pointed pointed out enough in, in the narrative that you know they, they when they try to claim all this oppression you know these these people especially the people on the left and we couldn't communicate to each other now because I use here um, Microsoft for example I used Google to to Google something and we we couldn't or give you another example that the two WhatsApp founders. They, they, their net worth is now $18 billion. It's, it's good, yes. But 2 million people all over the world can communicate free, telephone free on WhatsApp. So before you had to, to pay a lot of money for a telephone. And if you compare it with this, $18 billion is not, it's not a lot. So how, how can you get very rich? If you satisfy the the needs of a lot of consumers. So yeah. some, I think decades ago, the the richest people in the United States of some of the richest were, were Sam Walton with Walmart. Why? He founded all this discounter where you could buy cheaper things than before. This is the way how you become rich in capitalism. Yeah. And and let's face the facts here. You know, if you, you, if you raise taxes on corporate America, and you raise taxes on, on small businesses and you, you raise the minimum wage, all that does is it makes the everyday worker suffer and more layoffs, more unemployment. You know, it, it really, you know, they think they can punish the rich, but it's never going to work. It's never going to work. You know, the only person that's going to lose in that is somebody that's working for one of those companies trying to provide for their family. And they end up having to get laid off because 
when all these regulations are put on these corporations, if, you know, they they uh, they make certain adjustments. And and yes, I agree. Another thing is these people, they have houses everywhere in the world. They yeah. don't have to live in the United States. Right. Look, we, we, we spoke about Sweden. Look, when they had extreme high taxes 50 years ago, what happened? The founder for IKEA, I don't know whether offshore accounts are so easy for these people. And and you know what? And a lot of it's political theater. I feel like a lot of these billionaires have already bought these politicians. And these politicians, especially on the left, can constantly bring up that narrative because they, they know it gets their base all riled up and excited. And their base is so envious and jealous of these hardworking people that created billion dollar empires. And I think it's sad because the beauty of America is building building a company and, and creating creating whatever the hell you want, you know, going after, you know, your, your dreams and, and, and capitalizing. And, you know, if you want to, you know, I, I'm I'm not saying that obviously some of these billionaires are unethical, they're immoral in certain ways, but that's their right. Whatever they want to do with their money, if they're greedy, oh, well. They, they got to that point. So who the hell is anybody else to tell them what to do with their money, you know? And and I think, for me, it's a little bit ridiculous if leftists, they call someone greedy who worked hard for this money and he want to have this money, and <laughs> another one who will take it away from him to give it right. to the state, he's social or it's not, not greedy. And uh, I, I, you spoke about envy. I, I give you one example. I think two or three years ago, there were protesters who positioned a guillotine in front of the house of Jeff Bezos. You know, guillotine where you killed people in French Revolution. So, And there were other people, maybe like me. I bought biography about the life of Jeff Bezos. I was interested in it. And there are people who read the biography, find out how did he become successful. And now I ask you one question. What do you think who will be more successful in 10 years? The guy who built this guillotine at his home and positioned it in front of the house of Jeff Bezos, or the guy who ordered the book by Emerson, maybe from Jeff Bezos, to read about his life biography and thought about what can I learn about entrepreneurship? How can I be more successful? And this is the problem with envious people. They don't want to reduce the gap between them and the rich by looking how can I improve, how can I grow rich, but how can I tear the others down and take something away from them? And it, in the end, they harm themselves, envious people. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've come to a country and a society of entitlement. Everybody thinks they're owed something. Nobody wants to work for it anymore. Nobody wants to put in the, you know, the time. And I, can, the I can understand middle class people in America who don't want to work any longer. And I can tell you why. I read another book now. The title is The Myth of American Inequality. Very good book with a lot of data, a lot of numbers. And they calculated if you look transfer payment, if you look taxes, then a person from the lowest 20% has not much more than someone from the middle class because they get so much transfer payments. If I would be someone hard working for the middle class and I see that people who work nothing, 
that they get almost the same amount of money from transfer payments. I would ask myself, why should I work anymore? Right. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and let's talk about that, too. In certain ways, the government's paying people more money to stay at home than to actually go out and get a job. Yes, and so I don't criticize these people. It's it's logical how they act. If 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 they get more money staying at home than to work, I think someone why should he work? I, I don't criticize these people. You should criticize the government because this is really crazy. It is. It is. And how, how, so and then here here's another thing, you know, looking from an economical standpoint, how do you see things playing out here in the coming months and even into next year? You know, do you think we're going to go through some rough times? I mean, do you think there'll be a, a repeat of 2008 or even worse? It can happen, you know, for I, I can't predict what will happen is, uh, exactly in the next few months. But I think uh, when you look what was the reason for the crisis in 2008, they tell you it was a crisis of capitalism, but it was not. It was because of the crazy policy of the Fed, of the central bank. It was due to not... They tell you it was because we had not enough regulation. I tell you, I have a chapter in my book about this topic. It was because you had too much regulation. This too was the problem. And too much debt. And then if you fight against it with more and more debt, as the yeah. uh, Fed did in the last years, you yeah. can solve the problem. Maybe you can solve it short times. It's the same imagine someone he's addicted to drugs or to alcohol and he's shaking and you give him another drink or a shot and he's calm and say, oh, he's healthy now. No, he's not healthy. So, and uh, this is what they did. Only a short time, these things work. I think it's very easy. United States should go back. What Ronald Reagan did, for example, he lowered taxes. He got rich of, uh, uh, he, he got rid of regulations. He fought against inflation. A lot of new jobs were created this time. I admire him. For me, he's the greatest president in the in the history uh, of United States, Ronald Reagan. And I should, I think, we should go back to this time. What do you think of Trump? To be honest, I think uh, it's not easy to talk about it because I know in the United States either you love it, it's my God, or it's the devil. And to be honest, I have something between. I said yeah, something. I he did okay. Lowering right. taxes, get rid of some regulations. I like it. Great yeah. job. Another things, for example, protectionism, so new tariffs and so I'm not on his page. So I, but I know it's different. Now everyone is angry with me. The Trump fan says, oh, he criticized my God. And the others, the Trump <laughs> said, oh, he said something positive about Trump. But I right. think sometimes reality is a little bit more differentiated. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I agree that he did a lot of good things, but there were other things I did not agree with. I did not agree with the printing of money, with, yes. the, with the stimulus checks at the start of the pandemic. I thought that was a horrible idea. That's why we're in the predicament we're in right now and the, the disaster we're in right now, let's be honest. I mean, and we could talk about Operation Warp Speed with the with the vaccine disaster that that's created, that he and he started... You know, but in terms of re regulations, you're right. He cut a lot of regulations. And the biggest way to solve these economic crises and to put more employment out there and to give more opportunities 
in the in the in the in the economy is to just cut, cut, cut regulations more, 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 more. Yeah, Rather right. than raise the debt ceiling, put more money yeah. into all these other, all these useless programs that do us no good. I mean, you know what I mean? And that's true. This is what Joe Biden does now. And I think Joe Biden wants and to if make- we cut these regulations, we could reduce the deficit in so many, in so many different realms. Because cutting these regulations, you know, it takes it takes so much headache away and it takes it, it it really it does it makes a huge difference i think what barack obama what he wanted and what joe biden want they want to make europe from you know they they want to make from united states something as germany and europe and i think it's a crazy idea you know i come from germany as you hear with my accent and i tell you what's happening here it's so crazy it should be a warning signal for you we have the dumbest energy policy in the world. It's not what I said. There was an article in Wall Street Journal four years ago with the headline, the dumbest energy policy in the world in this part journey. Why? First, we phase out nuclear power plants. On the one hand, they tell us everything, something about climate change. But if you think climate change is a problem, you should have more nuclear power plants, not less. So, But they phased out nuclear power plants. Then they started to phase out coal power plants. Then they forbid fracking in the United States, in, in Germany. And what do they do now? They import LNG fracking gas from the United States, but it's forbidden in Germany. And uh, they, they, and the, the prices now for, for energy, it's electricity, was the highest in the world. They tell us it's because of the war in Ukraine. Wrong. It was even the highest in the world because the war in Ukraine started. And do you know what happens now? The big German companies like BASF, for example, they said, okay, we go to China. It's better there for us. They go to China because because of this crazy regulations. And this is the same what Joe Biden wants with his so-called New Deal. And the New Deal, you know, it should remind us on Roosevelt time, also his New Deal was was a bad idea. It it was the reason why the crisis was longer and longer. And and he, he wanted to copy now the same crazy things that we do in Germany or in Europe. Yeah. But let's come, let me allow to come back here. I want to speak something here, show you some, this, this book, this is the, the, my topic here. Why, why I wrote this book, not to convince anti-capitalists, because I'm sure that they will not read the book. They will not buy the book. They will buy the book from Bernie Sanders. It's written for people like you, maybe people who listen to us to give all the facts and all the figures to defend capitalism. For example, one chapter in this book, they, they tell us capitalism is to blame for climate change and environmental problems. I prove on 25 pages why this is completely nonsense. I have one chapter, I spoke about it, capitalism is to blame for hunger and poverty, or one chapter, capitalism is to blame for monopolies. Let's speak about monopolies. They tell us always, yes, capitalism leads to monopolies. Yeah. like Google or, or Emerson or Facebook. But I tell you one thing. Yes, capitalism creates monopolies, but capitalism destroys monopolies. Give you only some example. There was a, I have this in my book, there was a headline in, in European newspaper Guardian 2007. Um, Will MySpace ever lose its monopoly? This was the headline. Will MySpace, do you know what MySpace is? You look so young. You no. know it. Yeah, I was, I was on there in high school. Yeah, of course. Yes. 
And, and I've got was, a lot of questions for you, but continue. Continue. And, and, and in Forbes, there was the on the front page, there was who can ever catch the cell phone king. It was about Nokia. So who used Nokia cell phones today? Then, for example, take Xerox. They had 95% market share for photocopies in the United States. Today, it's 2%. Or Kodak, they had 85% market share with cameras. They were not destroyed by the government, not by antitrust regulation. They were destroyed by competition, by, by capitalism. So the biggest enemy of monopolies is not the state. The biggest enemy of monopolies is capitalism. And I show it with a lot of facts in my book. Right. And I want to ask you this, you know, we, we talk about you talking about capitalism. It seems like all these different people, especially the ones that attack capitalism, want to reinvent the, the real definition with all these other definitions. Explain that because people call things like cronyism, you know, I mean, there's so many different, you know what I mean? Like explain that though. I think it's very easy to explain the difference between capitalism and uh, other systems like planned economy. In capitalism, consumer decide and entrepreneurs, they make the decision what to produce, how much to produce. And you decide every day whether someone becomes rich or not. If you, if you order something with Emerson, you make Jeff Bezos rich. If you use Microsoft, you, you make Bill Gates. If you don't want to make them rich, don't use it. So it's democracy. Capitalism means democracy. You you vote every day as a consumer. And in the end, you vote, he is billionaire, he's not. So this is your decision. In other systems like socialism, politicians and government officials, they decide what to produce. And I give you an example. I, I have a film. I produced a film. I got an award at Las Vegas Freedom Fest. It's, you can Google it on the internet. You can get it for free. Life behind the Berlin Wall. And I compared East and West Germany because this is a good example. You know, the same country, the same language, the same history, the same people, only different economic system. And I asked you one thing most people don't know. So, but I ask you, what do you think? How long did you have to wait to get a car in East Germany, in socialist East Germany? What do you think? How long you, you had to wait for a car? Tell me. Guess, please. Guess. Tell me. Everyone is wrong. So it's not it's not a problem if you are also 30, 30, year, 30 years old. Okay. No one said this, but 30 years it was not. But it was between 12 and a half and 17 years only to order a car. Here in West Germany, you went to a shop and you bought a car. And in East Germany, you had to wait between 12 and a half and 17 years. And in the end, you got the worst car in the world, the so-called Trappi. In West Germany, you got this BMW or Mercedes or Volkswagen there, you get the Trappi. Or another fact, 16, 16, one, six, 16 percent of the people in East Germany had a telephone. In West Germany, 99%. 26% even had not their own toilet. They had to share it with other people. Or if we speak about air pollution or we speak about environmental problems, climate change, CO2 emissions adjusted to GDP were three times higher in East Germany than in West Germany. These are the facts. And I'm proud I produced this movie with the Free to Choose Network in the United States. You can Google it free on the internet, live behind the world. 
Berlin Wall. And this is not about theory, you know. This is socialists, they like to discuss about theory. I, I, I hate it to discuss about theory. I'm a historian and I see, look there, compare East Germany, West Germany, North Korea, South Korea, Cuba, uh, and yeah. maybe and and the, and really, what's the interesting thing? People they fled always from socialism to capitalism, not the other way around. Or have you heard that someone says, "Oh, I'm going to go now from South Korea to North Korea because I think I will have a better life," or "I go to for Miami to live in Cuba because it's better," or "I go from Chile to Venezuela." It's always the other way around. And, you know, you talked about you talked about climate change earlier. I call it climate communism. It's a way to control people. And same with the ESG movement. Do you have you looked into that much? In what movement? The ESG. Have you looked into ESG? Yes, yes. Of course, I heard about it. No, it's all the idea that not the consumers should decide but some politicians or intellectuals should decide what is a good investment, what is a bad investment that they should decide because they think they know better. This is a socialist philosophy that that you don't believe that consumer knows or entrepreneur what is better, that in the end, politicians and government should decide what is better and what not. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and I tell you something, these people who tell you something about climate change, they are not interested in this topic. They are not interested. They, they only they use it as a weapon against capitalism. They don't want to solve the problem. If you if you tell them anything, maybe nuclear power plants or whatever. No, no, we don't want it. The only thing they have is we want to abolish capitalism. I think you know this creator uh, Thunberg from Sweden, who is uh, this young climate activist. I read her book now, 500 pages. There's not only one proposal how to solve problems. It's only ever we should abolish capitalism. Industrialization was wrong. Everything is wrong. And you also brought, I also want to ask you about this in regards to, you know, the situation with, with, with the pandemic and all these small businesses closing. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that and all these corporations that profited and really it, it took a toll on pretty much the entire world's, you know, financial system? You saw it. They, we, the, the left people, they speak always about market failure. I say, let's speak about government failure because this was the, the whole story with Corona. Government failed everywhere in the world. It failed in Germany. It failed in the United States. It failed in China. So uh, I think government is not the solution. Government is the problem. This is this is the thing. You you saw it that um, that the government they they had no solution for 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 this. Sometimes they even made things worse. Do you, do you have any thoughts on the whole social credit score system and the universal digital currency scenario and everything the World Economic Forum wants to put into place? I know these ideas, but to be honest, I, I don't believe, I know there are a lot of people who believe there's a kind of conspiracy or so, this is planned. I don't believe in this. I think this is a crazy ideology shared 
by a lot of people, opportunists, some people in, in business. And I think that some crazy politicians believe in this stuff. I understand it. But the biggest problem is that even business people and entrepreneurs believe in all these things because they should defend capitalism. They should defend it. The problem is not this very radical left-leaning people. They are not our problem. The problem are entrepreneurs and big business who should defend capitalism, but they don't do it. This is our big problem. They are opportunistic. They look, how can I get close friends with Joe Biden that maybe he will give me some of this billions that he, th this is how they think. And, and I want to go back to what, what we talked about earlier a little bit in regards to the countries you travel to. You said you went to 30 countries. Is that correct? On this, on this economic journey? Last year, I've been in 17. This year, it will be 30 countries. So I'm almost, tomorrow I go to Greece. I go everywhere where my book is published and is published in 30 countries. And so I learn a lot. I tell you, for example, interesting, I've been in Argentina. Let's speak about Latin America. This is a disaster. So in, in Argentina, a very bad situation there. You There you can see what can happen. Argentina, I don't know whether you know, 100 years ago was one of the richest countries in the world, similar to the United States 100 years ago. And then they started with a crazy perilous policy to expect everything to get it from the government. I want to get it from the government. I want to get it for free. I want to get it, please, government. This was their attitude. Now they start to understand that it's wrong because it doesn't work. And I tell you a funny story. Maybe I, I had there in, in a city in Argentina, I had their lecture. There were young people, 20 to 30 years old. And we spoke about capitalism and all these things. And I know that they believe always they should get everything from the government, from the state. And there was a young man sitting in the first row. He was not really handsome. So I thought maybe he has no girlfriend. I asked him, hey, do you have a girlfriend? He said, no, I don't have one. And I asked him, but would you like to have a really pretty girlfriend? He said, yes, of course I would. Then I asked him, what do you think? Who will bring you this pretty girlfriend? The government, the state? And he laughed, no, I don't believe it. And then I asked him, okay, but who do you think who's responsible for getting this pretty girlfriend? And his answer was, ah, I think that's me. Yeah, you got it. That's you. This is not only with this pretty girlfriend. It's with money. It's with everything. It's on you. Don't expect it from the government. You have to explain it to people in an easy way. And I've always this example. I'll tell you maybe another, another example. Socialists, anti-capitalists, they like to compare theory or book with reality they have their great utopia where everything is perfect then they compare it with the reality and now i ask you one thing it's the same as maybe maybe i ask you are you married no okay you're not married but i ask this if i have in my audience I ask them, are you married yes i'm married are you happy with your marriage yes i am then what would you say if you go home this night and your wife says we have to talk about divorce. Why would you be surprised? Yes, I would be surprised. Why is that? Because she started to read these romantic love novels of how perfect marriage where they kiss every morning at the breakfast and everything is in harmony. And then she compared your real life marriage with this book. And she said, we have to be divorced. What would you say? It's not fair. 
tell her, please compare our marriage with these of our friends, then it's really good marriage. But this is what socialists do. They compare their utopia, their book with reality. In my books, I do something uh, uh, different, like or in this film, Life Behind the Berlin Wall. I compare things that you can compare. Venezuela, Chile, East, West Germany, North, South Korea, or United States before Ronald Reagan, after Ronald Reagan. This is reality because I'm a historian. And these people, but if you tell them something about North Korea, they say, no, no, this is not what we want. I want another kind of socialism. Then I ask them, but where was the socialism how you want it? No, it, it has never been realized. In 100 years, they never understood it. So, but they tried it in so many different ways, in Cuba in another way than in Korea, in China in another way than in Soviet Union, in East Germany in another way than in Poland, in Venezuela, other than you would say it failed time and again. And then I asked them, so why do you believe it will work next time? It's ridiculous. I give you the, the, the last maybe funny story only to compare. I like to compare. Yeah. Imagine yeah. a housewife who bakes a cake. And the guests get sick, even they have to vomit. Something was wrong with the, with the recipe. Then, okay, she understands there's something wrong with the recipe. She changes something, make some new ingredients. And next Saturday, she invites again guests. Again, guests have to vomit. They get sick. She understood, oh, there was something wrong with the first two recipes. I have to make some slight modifications with the recipe, try it in a different way. Invites guests. What happens? They vomit again. So you, now you will say, and then she does the same thing 24 times. You will tell me, this is a crazy story. Stop it. Because there's no housewife in the world who is so crazy. I agree. But this is what socialists did. They tried it again and again, the same recipe. And Albert Einstein said one time to do always the same thing and expect different results is another word for being insane. And this is what they do with socialism. Last time, it was, last story, maybe Venezuela. You know, 50 years ago, Venezuela was one of the 20 richest countries in the world. One of the 20 richest countries. They had a democracy, they had market economy, people. So then they started with things like you do it now in the United States. More regulation, more regulation, more regulation. And of course, it happens not from one day to the next that from a rich nations, it will be poor nation, but situation became worse. And then they made a big mistake. They voted for Hugo Chavez, who was very similar to Bernie Sanders, for example. They voted for him. And then it started, you know how the story ended in Venezuela. They had inflation rate 1 million percent, 10% of the population fled. Democracy was abolished. So it's a warning. It can happen everywhere. Don't think that it can't happen in the United States. It happened in Venezuela. Why shouldn't it happen in the United States? Yeah. No, and I also wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, you've been to 47 countries in two years, you said. So 30, 30. No. Last year, 17. 17. This, this year, 30. 30. It only started. Yes. But it will be more than 30. So yeah, so in the past two years, that's four. That's forty-seven countries, 
And and because 30 plus 17, if I'm doing my math correctly, that would but be this is the beginning of the year, Jan. Now, this year, I will go to 30 countries. I was now in six countries, but I will go to more. Last year was 17. So in the end of this year, it will be 47. You're correct. Okay, so, so far, you've gone last year 17, but so far this year, you've gone six. to six countries, six. but you will be going to a total of 30 this year. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so out of... So, so out of all out of all the countries you've been to so far, um, which is twenty three at this point, um, is that correct? In the last yes, okay. What would you say is the most socialist? Most socialist. Okay, I have to admit I've not been in North Korea. I've not been in Cuba. I've not been in Venezuela because I go everywhere where my book is being published, but. There are a lot of very socialist countries. They don't call themselves socialists. Like Argentina, for me, is a kind of socialism what they have there. But in almost all countries, we have too much socialism. But I tell you, the country that I like and that I admire, they call themselves socialists in Vietnam. And of course, this is not pure capitalism what they have. But they are smart people in Vietnam. Now, first, they had this terrible war. Then they had the terrible planned economy that destroyed everything. And then they started with pro-market reform at the end of the 80s. And today, standard of living increased because they call themselves socialists and there's a communist party. But I guarantee you one thing. It's easier to find a Marxist in university in the United States or in Europe than to find in Vietnam. Because people in Vietnam and in Poland they saw what socialism means. They saw it, what it means. And they started to understand that it's not perfect there, of course, but they go in the in a good direction in Poland and in Vietnam. They go in, in a good direction. And we, for example, in Europe and in the United States, we go in the wrong direction. You know, I, I compare it with a test tube. Imagine a test tube with two ingredients, market, state, or capitalism and socialism. And then you look, what happens if you give at more market or you look what happened if you add more state? This is, you know, how I see th these things. And I give you another example. I was in China different times in the last years. It goes in a bad direction. But I tell you one thing. I mentioned this great leap forward where 45 million people died. And even in 1981, 88% of people in China lived in extreme poverty, in extreme poverty. Today, it's less than 1%. Why? Because Deng Xiaoping started with economic reforms in the beginning of the 80s, introduced private property, more market. And this was the reason why they became so successful in China. Now, unfortunately, they go back to more states. It will cause a lot of problems for China and for the rest of the world. But I will tell you something. It's always this way. If you add more state, as they did in Venezuela, situation will become bad for people. There will be more poverty. If you add more market, as Ron Reagan did in the 80s, Maggie Thatcher did, Deng Xiaoping did in China, or people did in Vietnam, if you add more market, situation becomes better. This is what my books are about, to, to show people we need less government more market. It's easy. 
Hey, uh, stay with us. I got a few more questions for you. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back, everybody. Uh, stay with us. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, MyPillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that MyPillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. The MyPillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last MyPillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night. I look forward to going to bed and I wake up well rested in the morning. Sleep is all about temperature and height. MyPillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is gonna give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed. And now here's where it gets even better. We've all experienced those temperature-related sleep interruptions where you get too hot, you toss and turn, you flip your pillow over to the cool side, well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. Just like that, a moment turns romantic. So why pause to take a pill? And when you're having fun, why stop to find a bathroom? With Cialis for daily use, you don't have to plan around either. It's the only daily tablet approved to treat erectile dysfunction, so you can be ready anytime the moment is right. Plus, Cialis treats the frustrating urinary symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently, day or night. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain or a dempus for pulmonary hypertension, as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any symptoms of an allergic reaction, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Why pause the moment? Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use. And for a $200 savings card, go to Cialis.com. And we are back. Rory Sauter and the news. Uh, Rainer, I have to ask you, um, phenomenal resume, man. Phenomenal. I mean, I'm reading here that from 1987 to 1992, you worked at the Central Institute for Social Science Research at the Free University of Berlin. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, this was how I started as a historian. And I wrote a book. It's republished now in the United States. It was my first doctoral dissertation. It's uh, Hitler's National Socialism. 
I made big research about Adolf Hitler's worldview, especially about his economic ideas. And my result was that he was much more anti-capitalist and socialist than most people think. And I'm very proud because I got uh, awarded with summa cum laude, what's the best for doctoral thesis. And then seven years ago, I, I wrote my second doctoral dissertation. So this, I have two PhDs. This was about the psychology of super rich people. So this is my what I did in academics. But then later on, I was in a leading position of one of the big conservative newspapers in Germany. And then I founded my own company. I, and that's where you were the editor-in-chief of the Olstein Propa Line Publishing House. Is that correct? This is correct. This was first one of the leading publishing houses. Then the next step was to... You, uh, and then you went to, what? Which at that point, um, the publishing house at that time, Germany's third largest book publishing group and headed various departments of the German daily newspaper Diet Well. Yes, and then I founded my own company. I decided I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to make my dream come true. In 2000, you set up your own business, Dr. Ziedelman, PB, GMP, uh, GMBH. Is that correct? Yes, it's like uh, it's like an uh, LTD. So yes, this was a leading PR company in uh, the real estate industry in Germany. Our clients were big real estate companies, and I made a lot of money at this time. And then I invested in the in the residential real estate market and made also a lot of money with its investments. But then I I sold my company now seven years ago. Sixteen, it says exactly. I sold it, and now went back to history. Back, I write now every year one new book, and I write for a lot of newspapers, also in the United States. I'm writing often for Washington Examiner, for example, or uh, Town Hall, National Interest, and so I write for a lot of newspapers all over the world, writing every year a book and travel to speak about, to especially to young people. And I, I will go back to the United States on the 7th of, uh, on, 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 beginning of April, and I tell you one thing, I'm fascinated, I'm very proud, because I will meet Steve Forbes, and uh, Steve Forbes gave a quote about this, this book. Here I can read what he wrote about the book. Wow. One of the most important books in decades defending capitalism. Adam Smith would have been impressed and proud. This was by Steve Forbes, yes, and so I'm very proud, and now he invited me, and so I come back to the United States, Look forward to meet him because I admire him. I think he's a great guy, Steve Forbes. And you've written 26 books, which is phenomenal, my friend. That is a lifetime achievement right there in itself. Oh, it's, it's only the beginning. I mean, what, what's your goal? What's the goal at the end of your life? How many books do you want to have written? Let's see, every year one. I'm at every year a new film. I'm 65 now, but I'm hopefully I get older today. It's the birthday of you look my great. Birthday. You look great. You sound great. You sounds like you're still active. You're you know you're working probably nonstop still. Here I show you. There's there also you go. There you go, man. I and, love it. As, and I was with my parents home today. They have birthday both at the same day today. My mother is ninety. My father is ninety four. Wow. And and I hope I get very old because my grandmother was 106. So hopefully have good genes for a long life. You never know, but yeah. I hope so. Yeah. 
Yeah, my family's the same way. So oh. I, I hope too, man. I hope too. How, um, old your, how old are your parents right now? Well, my, my dad passed away a little young from kind oh. of an un, un very unexpectedly, um, not, nothing to do with genetics or anything, but all my grandparents live very long lives. My mom is almost 70 and she looks like she's 50. She's aging very well. When my dad died, he looked, he was, he was 54, but he looked like he was 30 when he died. My dad aged very well. So, um, but like I said, my dad died of a very unexpected circumstance. Um, I'm sorry. He was suffering from some addiction problems. Uh, he was very successful in real estate. And after the 2008 market collapse, uh, it really took a toll on him. Uh, he, he owned a lot of high rise hotels and uh, commercial buildings in California, Nevada, Arizona, and Washington. And, You know, he was dealing with people like Lehman Brothers, Goldman Sachs, you know, getting like 97% funding for these buildings and then would only need 3% funding from private investors. And I mean, these buildings were, you know, anywhere from 300 million to 500 million. So, I mean, he was on top of the game, you know, up until 2008 and then the last three years of his life until 2011. A lot of depression, man. He fell into a lot of depression. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. It was a hard time, and they tell us this was a crisis of capitalism. No, it was not. It was. It has nothing to do. It was caused, my opinion, by the Federal Reserve, by their crazy politics. It was caused by crazy laws, even going back to the time from Bill Clinton, that you should give money to people who never can pay it back to protect minorities or what their ideology ideas was. But this is a problem This that the interpretation, if you ask young people, everyone will tell you, oh, financial crisis 2008, this was a crisis of capitalism. No, it was not because you had too much capitalism because you had too less capitalism. And this is my message I want to explain to people. Yeah. And I'm seeing here that you were, you know, I, I got to let you go here in a few minutes. I, I love talking to you. I could talk to you all day. Uh, it says here in 2016, you were awarded your second doctorate, this time in sociology, with your thesis on the psychology of the super rich, published at the wealthy elite at the University of uh, Potsdam. Yes. This is also a book you can buy, The Wealth Elite. You can get it on Emerson. I had interviews with 45 rich people. I spoke with everyone between one and two hours. Everyone completed a psychological test with 50 questions. This was the first scientific book about personality of rich people because I don't understand scientists. There are so many books about so many topics. You, there, there were even doctor dissertation, believe it or not, about the heartbeat of a pig during a 100-meter race or about the love life of rare insects or something. But there was not one scientific study about psychology of rich people and how you become rich. Of course, there are a lot of self-help books, how to become rich, but I want to do something in science, you know, to understand what makes the people work and to understand their psychology. So this was a fascinating thing for me. Absolutely. And um, before I let you go, what are some of the latest projects that you, you're directing your focus towards? I know, I know that you, you got this book that you're promoting. Any, anything else coming up that you want to announce, kind of let people know about? 
Yes, of course. I, I now worked for, for another book and another film. The film will be about Poland. But my focus is now really to convince people why capitalism is not the problem, but the solution. And I hope that a lot of people will order a book on Emerson who heard about it, because it gives you all the facts that you need if you discuss with anti-capitalists. All the facts, whatever you discuss about, you know, this is a book with 900 footnotes and with three, I used 360 scientific books, but it's written in an easy to understand way. Everyone who can understand Wall Street Journal can understand this book. You see, I'm not talking in a very complicated way, of course, with the accent, but in this book, you don't find German accent, yes, but it's easy to understand, but it's based on science with 900 footnotes, everything proved. And this is my mission now to make the sex success in, especially in the United States. And I look very much forward, hopefully, a lot of people who heard our discussion say, I want to know more about it. I want to share this mission, defending capitalist men, getting this book on Barnes and Noble, Emerson, wherever you want. And, and, and to conclude this interview, um, out of out of the countries you've been to, you know, in the last year or so, the twenty the twenty three countries, I think it is. Yes. Um, is their economy um, some of them beyond repairable? Are they in a lot of turmoil, just like we are? Um, are are there things that are? To be just honest, a lot of a lot of countries, especially the country where I live, Germany. Now you don't see it, but we will go if we go on this way in a very, very bad direction because we go more and more in direction of a plant economy. Now, next step, they destroy. First, they they trans they they made in the energy our our energy industry. They made it from market to plant economy. Now they do the same things with the automotive industry. They forbid combustion uh, engines and from Brussels especially. And you know, the automotive industry is the heart of Germany with our Mercedes, BMW and Volkswagen. They destroyed because in former times it was so that consumers and entrepreneurs decided what cars to produce. Now it's politicians and government officials. This worked never all over the world. And so I saw it what happened and you will see what happened in Germany. Maybe there will be positive surprise, but I'm not so optimistic now we go in the wrong direction but let's do something against it let's do something against it let's defend capitalism amen amen tell everybody where they can find you and get involved get the book on Emerson get it on Barnes and Noble in defense of capitalism amen my friend amen well, well and you have social media can people get you on social media yes I'm also on Twitter you can find me on Twitter but to be honest, in the United States, I have not so much followers, but I want to have more. I have a lot in Germany, but I want to have more. Go there on Twitter. You can find me also. Amen. God bless, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. We'll get you back here. Okay. All Thank right. you. Have a great, great day. Great, great talking to you, man. Wishing you the best. Keep up the great work. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. Court order for asset seizures. So they're taking my car? You went radio silent on me. Is that what this is about? Just last night, and I thought, I missed that fucker. Is that true? Buongiorno. 
That's my cousin. Gary, I swear to God, he's my cousin. Mm. He's my second cousin. There's something seriously wrong with you. I'm an Uber driver and I don't have a car. I'm gonna lose my house. You think I chose this? Look at this. Need a car, date our son this summer, and bring him out of his shell before college. In exchange, we'll give you a Buick Regal. Date is in quotes. It's gotta be a joke, right? No, have you seen these helicopter parents? I'm surprised they're not gonna fuck them themselves. We've just been so worried about our son. He's going to Princeton in the fall. Oh, I've heard of it. You know, we tried everything to bring him out of his shell. He doesn't come out of his room, he doesn't talk to girls, he doesn't drink. So when you say date him, do you mean date him or date him? Yes. Date him. Date him hard. Okay. I'll date his brains out. He volunteers at the animal shelter. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. How about I give you a ride home? Um, this isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. You're my hostage. What you got down there? Something for me? <laughs> Why? You tried kidnapping me! You're 19, grow up! It is unfuckable. Have a drink together. He'll have a Long Island iced tea. This is the worst iced tea I've ever had. Okay, one thing about me, I'm the baddest alive. Dance party. I don't know what to do. I just know my mom would have wanted me to save the house. He's probably just nervous. Why don't you loosen him up? We can go skinny dipping. What about sharks? Men here. Jellyfish? Not the season. It's really the lack of lifeguards. Just get the fuck in here right now. Okay. I'm just a bit of a romantic. He's actually really sweet. The best part about getting older is not giving a fuck what people think. I'm an adult now. I can make my own decisions. That's, that's good. You want to savor it. Savor it. Come on, you're getting out of here. You don't belong here. Don't Let's touch face. me. Get away from her. Stay. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, we should go. can't outrun the cops! I can't lose my license! 1984 has been a tough year. Our sales are down, our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you in here to grow the basketball business. People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a Converse? NBA All-Star shoe. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie? Yes. Who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. You'll motor in.
attention. I believe in your son. I believe he's the future. And his story is going to make us want to fly. But a shoe is just a shoe. Until my son steps into it. Got a name for it? Air Jordan. I don't know. Seriously? Maybe it'll grow on me. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented fill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, MyPillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that MyPillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. The MyPillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last MyPillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night. I look forward to going to bed and I wake up well rested in the morning. Sleep is all about temperature and height. MyPillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is gonna give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed. And now here's where it gets even better. We've all experienced those temperature-related sleep interruptions where you get too hot, you toss and turn, you flip your pillow over to the cool side, well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. Just like that, a moment turns romantic. So why pause to take a pill? And when you're having fun, why stop to find a bathroom? With Cialis for daily use, you don't have to plan around either. It's the only daily tablet approved to treat erectile dysfunction, so you can be ready anytime the moment is right. Plus, Cialis treats the frustrating urinary symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently, day or night. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain or adepus for pulmonary hypertension, as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any symptoms of an allergic reaction, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Why pause the moment? Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use. And for a $200 savings card, go to Cialis.com. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? 
My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, Master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers. Wouldn't even need to snap. Okay. Uh-huh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, what? Renfield. Bringing innocent victims. I want a handful of nuns, a busload of cheerleaders. And I just want a normal life again. But this modern world is a dangerous place. Thank you. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy with a decorative serving platter? It's all in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring in people to eat? You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes. Hi. Are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No! No! Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. To most, I am Baracula. Okay, obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here. Let's eat! And we are back. Rory Sauter and the News coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. Uh, my next guest is the leader of Walkaway. Uh, I had him on my radio show a couple years ago. It's been a while. I'm glad he's back joining me. Uh, Brandon Strucka, how are you, my friend? Doing, doing very well, well man. You? Give us the latest and uh, kind of give us an update, what you've been working on. And for people that don't know, kind of give us a background and a resume. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, so... I started the walkway movement in 2018, um, launched it on Facebook as a video and written testimonial campaign, uh, encouraging people to tell their stories about why they're walking away from the Democratic Party. Um, we grew to over 510,000 people who joined the movement, and we had tens of thousands of videos and written testimonials. And then in January of 2021, Facebook banned the walkaway campaign, and we lost all of that content, the community, the membership. So I've been working the last two years to build my own social media platform, Walkaway Social, uh, which just launched this week. Uh, and it's really, really, really incredible. So it's in the Apple App Store right now. It'll be released in the Google Play Store this week. Uh, and we're also available on walkawaysocial.com. We already have thousands of people who have joined and we have dozens of brand new Walkaway videos that have come into the platform. So I really want to encourage everybody to get on Walkaway Social. It's going to be, I think, something really extraordinary in the next couple of years. Wow, that's incredible. So wait, so 
how okay so tell everybody the process of this when did this idea come into come into fruition how how you know how long did it take in development you know and then what were the kind of all that all that stuff the ins and outs sure um so the idea i actually had for many years uh even before we got banned because we always knew that the day could come when facebook pulled the plug on us and that if they did it would be a very devastating thing because again you know we'd lose all of that content in our community uh what we didn't have any way of predicting was january 6th which of course was used as a catch-all to completely annihilate conservative accounts and and conservative groups and a number of things so on january 8th they banned the group um at that point then it became an emergency it became dire that we needed to come up with something now technology is not fast i have learned um yeah i build, I I build apps for a living i've been building apps for about nine years and i'm getting a lot more into artificial intelligence and virtual reality and blockchain and a lot of different things so it's a fascinating world i always tell people technology is the closest thing to magic in existence you can pretty much do anything with just one one button on your phone it's amazing right well, but it's it's a very difficult process. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and especially with something like, yeah. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Especially with something like a social, especially with something like a social media platform, because there's so many components to it. I mean, uh, Walkway Social functions very similarly to Facebook. So it's you know people are uh, creating a profile, they're uploading pictures and videos and uh, text posts and liking and sharing and commenting and joining groups. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot of elements to it and there's a lot of you know in in the building of it there was a lot of trial and error and failure and you know that can be very demoralizing uh but we finally got to a point where we built a product that i think works really really great um what, what we're kind of going through now actually is learning how to curate the content as it comes on the site because you can't really know that until you have real users and so that's where we are now. What we want is to streamline everything so it's very walkaway focused. This we're not looking to be the next Facebook or Truth Social or Getter or this is not a platform where, where we want people to just join and start posting memes and posting opinions. And it's supposed to be about telling your stories for walking away and then joining groups where you can get socialized or do activism, things like that. So what we're finding is that a lot of our users are coming on and finding kind of clever ways to sort of side like side enter the rules you know and, and post things which is like that's fine that's you know that nobody's doing this you know with an intent i think to to not follow the rules but we just have to sort of figure out as we go how to continue to code the site so that the content always stays really streamlined and so it's an ongoing process um and it's exhausting but um but i you know now that we're now that launch is here uh, uh, it's pretty rewarding yeah it seems like this is these last few years have been very popular for a lot of individuals launching their own social media platforms you know what what uh what is your user uh membership you know volume number at like what, what's what's that well we only launched a couple of days ago so at this point we're in the low thousands um, but like I said, what what I'm most excited about is that people are already uploading their videos and telling their stories. Yeah. Um, 
because I remember how difficult it was when I launched Walkaway initially mm -hmm. to get people to start making videos. Once they started, it kind of organically snowballed. But to get to get it started was really, really difficult. And at this point, um, like I said, within a few days, we already have a, um, a more than two dozen brand new walkaway videos. So I, I that is really inspiring to me. And I'm just going to continue to push and push until we get our membership back where it was. And so like the platform itself, like people can post like status updates or is it more of uploading videos, telling your story? Can people share photo? Like what, what does it all entail? Like how would you describe it? So the functionality, again, it's very, very similar to Facebook. And okay. we wanted to do that so that people, because that's where we built Walkaway initially was in a Facebook group. So I wanted all of the members to kind of feel that sense of familiarity that when they come on Walkaway Social, they're going to kind of feel like they never left the group. And right. the way our site is functions and the way it's a little bit different than a typical social media site is that we're not opening up people's profiles. So people can't go on their own profile and post and post and post. They create a profile and then with their profile, they join groups and within the groups, that's where they'll do their posting. Everything is very moderated. So, you know, the testimonial groups will only be allowing content that's testimonials. Uh, we have a discussion group where people can post opinions, ask questions, post news articles, things like that. Um, but that will be moderated, too, so that we make sure that everything is really clean and streamlined. But it's like I said, it's not an open source platform where you create a profile and start posting pictures of your Christmas tree and your Thanksgiving table and you know your what your dog did that day. It's it's just to sort of re regrow the walkway community and the walkway movement. And then people can also socialize and plan activism and stuff within their state groups. We have state groups and discussion groups for it. So I, it's, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun for people to go on and kind of find the groups that they wanna be a part of and interact in there. And is it just for the walkaway people or can everybody, do you encourage everybody to get involved? I encourage everybody to get involved. So with walkaway from the very beginning, what we said was, you know, this is a movement of people walking away from the democratic party, but we also want to encourage uh, lifelong conservatives and Republicans to support people who are walking away and the lifelong conservatives are what we call the walk with. So, and I think it's really important. We've always said it's important for people in the walk with category to make their testimonials as well. Because what I also want to do with this is use social media and use video to encourage Republicans and lifelong conservatives to reclaim the narrative of what it actually means to be a conservative or a Republican, which has been hijacked by the liberal media that's labeled all of these people racist, Nazis, and bigots, and now domestic terrorists. That's the new thing. So I, I like to encourage walk with people to also make videos and talk about your values, talk about why you are a conservative or you know Republican, and also um, why people should be walking away from the Democratic Party. So it's for everybody. And how long did it take you to build this platform? Uh, we've been working on it for two years. I started oh. in February of 2021. Oh, wow. Because I, I knew you told me the idea that came to your mind then. I didn't know that's when you actually started. So it took you two years to build the entire platform. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, a well, that, that's a little unusual. You know, I mean, I build apps. Usually it takes about three months. So were there a lot of delays, a lot of mishaps, a lot of, a lot of errors, a lot of things you had to go back and redo? 
Well, yeah. So there were, I mean, we tried a number of different technologies that kind of some things worked, some things failed, and then we had to go back. And, and again, this is a very, very, um, it's a very kind of deliberate and intentional um, uh, social media platform with a mission. So it would have been easier if we had made it just completely open that people could go and just post whatever they wanted. But we had to code it in a very spe specific way that some, you know, that this content couldn't go here, but it could go here. And then I could have launched probably six months ago or so, but we made the decision to launch everything at the same time, the site and the mobile apps. And the mobile apps also took a while to build after we built the site. So yeah, it took, it took some time. And how many people, cause I know you built this giant group on social media, especially Facebook before you were banned. How many people did you have in your, you know, community? I think it was what a half a million people. Yeah. We had over 510,000 people. In yeah. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly. Yeah. So I was exact. Yeah. yeah wow. Wow. So then they banned you, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, it was on January 6th or shortly after? On January 8th. So a couple days after the whole event. Yeah, two, two, two days after, right. And then what happened to, something happened to you at January 6th. Weren't you, you know, persecuted? Didn't they try to make your life hell? Uh, well, yes, the FBI. Uh, so I was outside of the Capitol on January 6th shooting a video. I didn't enter the building. Right. Um, but I uploaded the video that I shot to Twitter. And because of that, the FBI raided my house two weeks later, um, put me in jail and um, charged me with uh, numerous felonies and a misdemeanor. Uh, and I had to work through a criminal case with the Department of Justice, which went on for over a year. So, I mean, that's also when you say, you know, you're surprised that the platform took so long. I mean, I was building the platform at the same time that I was working through a year long January 6th nightmare. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I had a lot on my plate yeah. during those, those years. So did you get yeah. your, did you get your record clean and everything? Is everything all settled in that area from that? Or is it still fighting it in court? Are you still working on it? I pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge. They dropped the felonies. Um, but because I dropped, because I pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge, um, uh, a number of uh, Capitol police officers uh, are being represented by a Soros funded nonprofit and they're suing uh, a great number of people who pled guilty. So even though I never saw these officers on January 6th, I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't encourage anyone to hurt anyone. Um, I'm being sued by eight Capitol Police officers, um, you know, who I guess are are looking for, I don't know, a payment or something. And so, how yeah, many, I'm still I'm still. Going through it. And, how, and how many and, and they're suing you from from a financial standpoint. And, 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 and you said eight different That's people. You said eight different people. Yeah, eight officers in a civil case. Yes. Wow, dude, that's insane. And and do you think this January sixth footage that's been released by Tucker Carlson gives you guys a lot of you know help in your defense and in a lot of these you know targeted attacks that have been going on? I mean, I personally don't really need any help in my defense because it's I, I videoed the entire time that I was on the Capitol ground. So I was there for eight minutes and I shot my own video during that whole eight minutes. 
my video clearly proves uh, that none of these officers were on, they, so they weren't even on the same side of the building as me. Uh, these officers were on the west side of the building. I was on the east side of the building. I believe that their alleged injuries occurred uh, somewhere around uh, or before 2 p.m. Uh, I arrived on Capitol grounds at 2.40 p.m. Uh, so I think I arrived somewhere between 30, 40 to maybe 60 minutes after they alleged they were injured. Um, and I wasn't on the same side of the building as them. And my video establishes all of that. So if we're still living in a land where people, you know, like sanity rules, um, there is no case because you shouldn't be liable for the injuries of people who got hurt when you were a mile away, uh, not hurting people. But we'll we'll see what happens. Were were you allowed were you allowed to use that footage in your defense in the court of law? We haven't gotten there yet. Um, we're so we're about to enter discovery in this case. So we haven't gotten to trial yet on the uh, civil case. And if you don't mind me asking, how many how many days did you do in jail because of this? Well, I so for my criminal case, I spent two and a half days in jail, and then I was put on three months of house arrest, uh, three years of federal probation, um, and then given community service, uh, $5,000 fine, $500 restitution payment to the Capitol, um, uh, and uh, court-ordered mental health services, and a number of other things. What's the difference between state probation and federal probation? I mean, obviously there's a difference. Do you know the difference? Well, the difference is in this case, mostly that they're not releasing jurisdiction of my probation from Washington, DC. So um, God forbid, if any time in the three years, I uh, have to go before a judge again, you know, if, if I were to somehow violate my probation, I would be going back in front of uh, Washington, D my, my judge in Washington, D.C., and not a judge in the state where I currently reside. Um, you know, and, and the majority of these judges in D.C. are, uh, you know, they have a lot of contempt for Trump supporters and people who were charged with January 6th charges. But with all the facts and all the evidence that has come out, like clearing all of you, I mean, don't you think at some point this can all get dismissed and everybody can get their freedoms back? Or do you think this, do you think these people are going to suffer? I mean, it can't get dismissed for those of us who have already pled guilty. I mean, that's right. what's done is done. And, and, and right. hundreds of people already have pled guilty because. But you know, they, can't, they can't, they can't revisit the case and basically, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They can grant them. Yeah. Or pardon. Yeah. Appeal or pardon. I mean, don't you think that could be in the ballpark of a, a pardon could happen if we a pardon can only happen from a president. So from Trump, from if, Trump, if he gets back in there. Right. If we got a president who is willing to pardon us, um, that could happen. Um, uh, in terms of appeal, uh, any of us who took a plea deal, we, we were required to give up our right to appeal. So um, we can't we can't appeal. The case can't be revisited and our guilty conviction is permanent. But if you really think about it, Brandon, it's almost like you guys were bullied into pleading guilty. So, I mean, they, they really have to 
revisit. I mean, I mean, if any honest law jurisdiction should revisit this, it's, it's, it's almost like they put a gun to your head and made you do things. Not you, not just you, but many others. Right. Well, I mean, the, many of us have been trying to get people to listen for two years as we've been going through this and nobody would listen to anything we were saying. Now that Tucker Carlson has released these tapes, suddenly everybody cares and that's great, but it, it's too late. I mean, it's we needed help two years ago, you know, um, so at this point, what's done is done. And, I, you know, no one's going to change their mind. I mean, uh, the court of public opinion might change, which is important. That's great. It should. But it won't change what's already happened in the court of law. That's that's done. And in regards to walk away, um, are you guys being watched constantly? Are they are they looking at your guys every move? Do you feel like, you know, that this really kind of made it made a lot of havoc on your life well it wreaked havoc on my life but no i don't i don't believe that they're watching my every move and i don't believe that um at this point my organization or walk away is being uh looked at i think i think they got what they wanted to get from you know they, they did a lot of damage to me and my life and and you know all of that and i think that that's what they wanted uh but at this point, what they ultimately want is donald trump you know, they want his head on a platter. And I think they got from me as much as they could possibly get, you know, and um, they want to make a big statement about Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. And I'm not a Proud Boy or an Oath Keeper, so I can't really help them in that regard. And at this point, it's just about, you know, establishing the seditious conspiracy charges, which they're leveling against Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. And then once they get convictions on that, then they can say, okay, that's evidence that this was, you know, a seditious act or, you know, an insurrection. And then they'll go after Donald Trump and say that he's the one who caused that. And what about this crazy guy, Ray, Ray, Ray Epps, that, you know, is on the FBI's most wanted list that we're not getting enough answers about. And it's almost like, you know, he's the only one that didn't have to, you know, go in front of, anyone to testify or i mean he just walked free you know yeah well i mean he's definitely i think a suspicious character uh one of many um from that day and um I, you know a lot of questions need to be answered i think you know we need to understand how many uh government planted agitators there were in the crowd and what instructions if any of these people might have had to cause the events that happened that day um, I don't know who Ray Epps is. I, you know, I didn't see him on January 6th and not, you know, so I have no idea, but um, I definitely think it's possible and probable that there were people that were instructed to be in the crowd and cause problems that would lead to the events that happened. And uh, we need to find that out. If the public needs to know, we need to know. Yeah. And there's so, as far as I can see, there's only one person since this footage has come out, one leader that has asked for the release of the January 6th prisoners, and that's Trump, you know? Mm. Only, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, um, uh, yeah, I suppose that's right. Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there, look, there's a, there's a lot more that could be done. Do you think we're actually, do you think that, do you think Congress, do you think the Senate 
is going to do enough to get these people released, or do you think they're going to suffer for a long time? The people people that are locked up, like the sh the shaman guy, I mean, the guy that was just taking photos and, and was being escorted by police in a friendly manner, not no hostility whatsoever, no, nothing dangerous or violent about the guy. Um, I think that people are going to suffer for a long time, and I think nobody's going to help them because that's what's happened so far. So, no, I, I don't see that changing. It's terrible. I mean, unless unless it becomes really, really popular to do that. I mean, nobody in Congress is going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, but they may do it if it gets them enough attention in yeah. the press. You know, so if that happens, I think yes. And Brandon, didn't didn't I didn't I, I follow you on social media? Did the hair salon you go to? They said you can no longer come there. Is that true? That's true. Why? Because yeah. of your conservative beliefs? No, not because of my conservative beliefs, but because um, the person who usually cuts my hair was not available. And so they put me with another stylist and I started talking to this stylist and uh, we started talking about politics and what I do for a living. And then it came up that I was I, I said how I was arrested um, for January 6th. And um, we talked about that a little bit. And then the next thing I knew when I tried to book another appointment the next time, they told me that I was permanently banned and not able to book any more appointments at that salon. I mean, what, what do you think this does to people's image that have been painted wrongly? I mean, like, does this do you think this affects you and others for the rest of their life that were just there taking pictures and just there, you know, on that day? And I mean, it's horrible. It's awful. It is awful. Um, yeah, I mean, it's there have been a number of people, uh, J6 defendants who have now killed themselves yep. um, because of this. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess I can't even really articulate the impact it's had on my life. Um, it's you know, it's devastating. I um, my life is completely different today than it was a couple of years ago for a number of reasons. I mean, I'm you know, I'm permanently banned from a number of, you know, PayPal, Venmo, Stripe, Patreon, things like that, banking, uh, bank, uh, banks. Uh, and then uh, the government has put all of us on a registry, like a sex offender registry. So if you search our names, the top search result is, you know, like the dossier that the government has compiled uh, about our actions on January 6th, which, by the way, are not even true. I mean, like in my um, in all of these what I call dossiers that they've compiled on all of us, um, they include everything that we were that they accused us of, even things that they dropped the charges. Uh, you know, I would say because they didn't have evidence because it wasn't true. But they they leave in there, you know, charged with this and this and this and this. Even the things that they dropped the charges, they leave in there. So when people see it, they you know it looks horrible, um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the future brings. I can tell you that in the present, it's definitely devastated my life in the present. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to move forward from this. Um, you know, I've got presumably a good number of years of my life left. So I, I don't know what things will look like five years from now or 10 years from now. But um, in the present, um, yeah, it's it's completely it's like somebody tossed a grenade into my life and just blew it up. And let me ask you this, all these court fees, I mean, is it just a, is it just out of control? Is it just crazy? Because I've heard stories, mm -hmm. a lot of these people that are defending themselves, 
are just spending a fortune and, and you know lawyer fees and all these court fees and it's just it's never ending it is never ending especially you know like in my case i told you i i also have now a civil case in addition to all of the criminal stuff that i went through um yeah i mean i'm now at the point where i've spent um hundreds of thousands of dollars and um it's it's um <clears throat> pretty crazy when I think about the fact that um, with what I've had to spend on January 6th legal fees, uh, I could have bought a house. Uh, wow. Like I could have, I could be living in a very nice house. Right. Um, but instead it's just money that's been flushed down the toilet on nonsense. So, and are the donations pretty good? Are you doing okay in that realm? I mean, are you getting some support? You know, I mean, I have, um, I think a lot of people don't know at this point that I'm still going through this with a civil case. Um, it, it's kind of a balancing act for me. And I'm, I feel like I'm kind of walking a, 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 a like a, a tight wire, high wire, whatever you call it, because um, I don't want to keep burdening my following with all of this stuff that's going on because even, I know that they care and I know that they are concerned and they support me, but I also know that it gets exhausting. Um, I mean, you know, Donald Trump was beaten up on for four, five years and even hardcore Trump supporters, I think, got to the point where they felt exhausted with having to deal with the constant like it's now this against Trump. Now it's this against Trump. Now it's this against Trump. And so I don't know. Part of me feels like, you know, don't even bring some of these things up sometimes because I don't want my followers to get to the point where they're like, this is just like watching a train wreck and I don't want to keep. You know, it's hard. It's hard for people to listen to. It's it's depressing. And I get it. I hear I hear you, man. And and I'll tell you, I, I admire you because what you did was you created a video that was authentic. It was genuine. It was real. And and by accident, you know, you didn't plan on becoming famous. But overnight, you created this amazing movement and changed so many lives and impacted so many people for the better. And it's just, it's, it's, it's remarkable. It really is a remarkable thing. It really is. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and like when you going back to when you did that, like what happened to your circle of friends? Did it completely cut in half? I mean, was it bad? I mean, the, the, that more than that. I mean, I lost, I, I lost about like 90% of my friends. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was way way more than that. And I mean, it, it, was it like like what what do you feel like you know, w with your friends, the people you surround yourself with at that point, you know, you want to come out and say something who you support, but you're you're nervous, you know, how others are going to respond. Like what what made you finally just say, okay, I have to do this, I have to do it? Because I'm sure there were there was hesitancy on so many occasions and you kept you kept holding back but then eventually eventually you were like i gotta do this well i mean i think i just fundamentally cannot uh, swallow like a, i can't stand the idea that i know something and uh, some like i that i have a piece of information about something that's wrong and keeping that to myself. Like that, just, I just like, I kind of can't live with myself in that mm -hmm. type of situation. So when I discovered that the media 
and and the Democrats and were were lying and exploiting and manipulating and deceiving and that all of these different things that we I believed and I, I know a lot of people on the left still believe were just not true. Uh, I wasn't okay with keeping that to myself. And so I just I I made the decision that it was important to me that I wanted to speak out about it and be honest and tell the truth. Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't like stupid. I knew that it was going to have a you know people. A lot of people that, that I was close with were not going to react well to it, uh, and they didn't. But um, nonetheless, I just felt like you know what I need to tell the truth here and let the chips fall where they may, knowing that most of the chips would fall in a bad place. And but, what what was like? What was the walkaway moment? What was the turning point? Like what what news headline? What video did you see where you're like, okay, I'm done. I, I can't I can't support these Demo these Democrats anymore. It's not the same party as it was 20 years ago. Well, for me, I, it was you know after Trump got elected, and I kind of went on this journey to understand why and how. And then um, the moment for me was. Uh, in January of 2021, I posted that I would never be able to understand how anyone could vote for a man who was capable of mocking a reporter's disability. And um, that's the moment that somebody reached out to me and basically sent me a video debunking that Trump had mocked the disabled reporter and showed me this like compilation of footage that showed how the media had lied and manipulated that moment um, and taken it out of context and misrepresented it. And that Trump actually kind of does that voice and gesture all the time when he's imitating anybody who's flailing because they're caught in a lie or they did something shady or dishonest. And so it was it was kind of the first time that I realized that the media that I trusted was capable of being so dishonest. And then that got me like going down a path, trying to understand how often this is happening and why and, you know, what is their end game and, you know, and looking into that. And that's what led me to ultimately walk away. And then, you know, I know you created this, this giant movement. You have these large events. What's the attendance at these events? I mean, you get anywhere from what, five to 10,000 people each event. Oh, well, I wish, uh, no, not, not quite like that. I thought um, it was, it, I thought it I thought it was in, in large numbers like that. I know it's quite a bit cause I've seen some of the videos. I've seen some of the footage. Well, it depends on the event. I mean, we've done marches on Washington before that have gotten numbers like that. Um, but we also do events around the country, like uh, smaller rallies and debate events and town halls. And um, depending on what it is, you know, sometimes there it's you know a few hundred people. Sometimes it's many hundred people. Some you know, and then occasionally a, a few thousand people. I wish it was that easy to get five or ten thousand people to get off their butts and show up for stuff but right um it's not it, it's not that easy at all so are you still doing as much events as you were are you still are you starting to get back into it or what's going on there yeah so we just did an event at the university of seattle um a couple of weeks ago at um UW. it was a debate event on a college campus debate um a couple of months before that in dc we did a black americans debate three on the left versus three on the right, um, all black people just, uh, debating black issues. Um, that was a live event in DC. And then we have a, an anniversary event coming up in West Palm Beach on in May uh, in a couple of months. So yeah, we, we're, we're definitely still firing away and um, 
it's gotten harder and harder. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm attending a lot of um, conservative events in the last year. Um, and I see the energy is down. Attendance is down. People have become hopeless. You know, people are, people are checking out of politics. It's, it's not a good thing. I'm going to continue to do what I can to keep inspiring people, but you know, people have to also want to be inspired and want to participate. So, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a tough time right now. It really is. Did you go to CPAC? I did. How was that? Um, same thing. I, I felt like attendance was down. Um, energy was down. Like compared to last year, I'm sure you went last year as well. How, how would you compare the difference? Um, well, I, I don't know that I went last year because I was going through my case. Uh, probably the last time I went was 2020. Okay. When Trump was and, still in there, when the enthusiasm was very loud and hyper and vibrant and, you know, right. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, yeah, that's true. He would have still been president at the, probably the last time I went. Um, yeah. I mean, well, I would say that attendance was not nearly what it was in 2020 and the, um, the energy is down, but also, the, you know, the audience, the conservative audience, I think has gotten smarter. I think they've gotten more savvy and I think that they're not as, you know, placated anymore by these kind of MAGA cheerleaders getting up on the stage and just being like, you know, everything's great. Everything's gonna be all right. We're doing good or whatever. And the people are, but we're not, we're kind of not doing good. And I think they want a lot of truth and a lot of, uh, you know, solutions that they're not being offered and they see that. And I think that that's frustrating a lot of people. And I will say this, you know, it's interesting, these primaries that are coming up with the Republican Party, it's going to be a crowded field. I'm wondering what what your thoughts are, you know, how you feel about all these people announcing their their bid and their run. Well, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I want I I you know, I'd like to ha have as many options as possible. Yeah. And um you know, open up the field for, you know, some debate and some competition oh, yeah. and, you know, and see what shakes out from it. So far, uh, I don't think there's, a, we have Trump and Nikki Haley. Uh, has anyone else announced? That's it, right? Oh, oh there's quite a few. Um, Pence, um, uh, oh, Bolton, Bolton, Bolton Pompeo. Pompeo. Um, there's a lot. Well, they're pretty, pretty much in. Yeah, they're pretty much in. I mean, and then that vivid, that Vivek Ram Ramsey guy, whatever that guy's name is, he announced oh, the entrepreneur man. guy who's pretty popular. Um, you know, we shall see how he does. But yeah, I think it's going to look similar to a 2016 sort of scenario. I think that's what it's going to come to. Um, is Trump still your favorite though, or do you want a Ron DeSantis, or who? Who do you? What do you think? I want the candidate who uh, acknowledges and um, and understands the the power and the relevance and the importance of the walkaway movement. And I also want the candidate who um, extends a meaningful gesture to help the January 6 uh, prisoners and uh, or and convicts who have had to go through this and offers some sort of meaningful gesture of relief for the people who've gone through that. Um, so whoever that candidate ends up being, that's who I'll be behind. And have you gained a significant amount of members ever since, 
you know, even even people that voted for Biden in this last election, have you gained members in the last two years that are like, oh, now I'm finally waking up. Even 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 though I didn't wake up after the first four years, finally I'm seeing the disaster that Biden is. And yeah, I want to walk away. Have you seen those kind of scenarios? Or well, or, or was it more of walking away during, you know, when Trump Trump was president? Um, you know, we just rolled out Walkaway Social, so we're now going to begin to, I think, hear the stories that we've missed in the last couple of years. We didn't have a platform, but you know, the last two years for people to be able to tell their stories. So, um, I'm very much looking forward to hearing the reasons why people say they're walking away the last couple of years. Yeah. And I've seen those stories on Twitter, you know, people being like, Oh my god, I voted for Biden, and you know, now. But uh, we just launched this platform. So now, you know, we want to get people over there and making videos and telling their stories. So um, I don't know the answer to that yet because we have to wait for those stories to come in. That's awesome, man. And are you guys um, going to like merge with other companies as well and do some other collaborative work? Do you guys have some different things in the works like that? Um, what do you mean by companies? Just like merging with like doing other work with other social media companies kind of in the conservative realm. Are you guys, uh, you know, looking into that stuff? We're all I mean, I'm always definitely open to collaborating with other great uh, companies or organizations. And, nice. you know, when I think that there's the, the potential for great synergy and to come together, then, I, I, yeah, I'm all for it. What do you think of true social? Um, I think that. <laughs> I think that it's a good, well, I think it's an okay space right. for people to be able to, um, to follow president Trump and listen to his opinions. I think, you know, I, if they're going to continue to run it the way that they've been running it, then yeah. I don't think it's ever going to evolve into anything mm -hmm. else. Um, and maybe that's fine. I mean, maybe they just kind of want a platform for president Trump to be able to speak and for people to be able to kind of listen and, form opinions about what he's saying, but I don't, I don't think it's been designed or marketed or uh, maintained in a way that would truly allow anybody to kind of grow their own brand or career or voice or, you know, it's just, it just doesn't seem to be, uh, I, I, I think they, I, I don't feel like maybe they understand what they're doing. Right. Or, or maybe they do. And that's what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but it, it, it has a lot of untapped potential. I'll put it that way. I agree. I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I was expecting a lot more. I think the people they've surrounded themselves with aren't the best choices. I think it's right. kind of a similar scenario to how Trump picked some of his cabinet members. That's right. probably not, probably not some of the best picks. Um, you know, right. so the judgment, you know, um, is not is not always the greatest with Trump. Um, we have De Devin Nunes as a CEO. I mean, I like Devin Nunes. I don't know how good of a CEO he, CEO he is for True Social, but um, yeah, I mean, they could have done so much more. Uh, it's not evolved enough. It's not with the times. It's not uh, on the level of other platforms. I'm 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 real. I'm disappointed in Getter as well. I'm disappointed in. A, a lot of these different platforms, they really haven't lived up to their potential. And then we saw Parler be a complete failure. I mean, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think that, yeah, there, I think there's a number of reasons why those those various things happen. But I'm keeping my eyes on my own prize, which is Walkway Social. Are so. you are you worried about the censorship aspect of obviously you have a large following? You're, you're known, you know, in the media at this point. Do you worry about them banning you from the app store um, after enough yeah. media, after enough media headlines, after this gets enough attention, it starts growing. I mean, that's usually what happens when it reaches the masses, when it's, you know, interfering with what the agenda is from the mainstream. That's when they really want to take you down. That's always a concern for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, I was concerned that Facebook may ban us. Um, like I said, we just never could have predicted January 6th was coming. But, um, you know, we're, we're doing everything that we possibly can to make sure that we're moderating our content and you know, doing the best we can to make sure that they couldn't possibly accuse us of violating any policies. So that's all we can do, really. How many employees do you have over there right now? Um, well, I have a team of employees excuse me, a small team. Um, and then I have a team of volunteer moderators. So um, we have, you know, we have a, several dozen people basically who are kind of running the site. I love it. I love it. Are you still doing your show? I know you were doing a show for a long time. Are you still doing that? No, I, I, I think at some point maybe again, but you know, I just, I, I'm going through a lot. So I I, I'm just doing the best I can. And know? what about a book? What about a book for you in the near future? You have a hell of a story to tell. Are you going to be writing a book? Um, I have written a book. Uh, there's more I'm going to add to it, but I won't be publishing the book until I'm off of probation, um, which will be January of 2025. So okay. believe me, there's plenty to say, but um, I need to just make sure that, you know, um, um, I'm not under the thumb of the federal government when I decide to tell my story. Now, Brandon, when it's fun, when you're finally able to publish it in 2025, are you able to are you able to say everything you want to say or will you be restricted from some of the things that you actually want to say i there probably are some things i would be restricted from saying but for the most part i i'm intending to be as honest as i possibly can about everything that i've gone through and why i made the decisions that i made and how i was feeling when i made them and so yeah i'll, I'll get as much of that out as i possibly can and i want to ask you i saw a video of you in a, a prisoner outfit at an event, I think it was a couple months ago. Ex explain that a little bit, because I saw that, and I, I know you were doing kind of a demonstration to kind of free the January 6th prisoners, but it really made a lot of headlines, and it was all over the place. Right, so um, that was CPAC Dallas in August of 2022, last year. Yeah. Uh, basically, I did a performance art piece where I erected a life-size eight by eight jail cell and then put myself in an orange jumpsuit and a MAGA hat and basically just sat in the cell for several days for people to be able to pass by and kind of draw attention to what the January 6th uh, prisoners are going through. And then next to the prison cell, we had um, um, wireless headsets that people could put on and there were three different channels they could switch between. And on each channel were the voices of different January 6th defendants telling their stories about being raided by the FBI and being thrown in jail and you know, just all having their lives torn apart. And so people could hear that while looking at that. And it really was very impactful. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people came and participated and cried and it was, you know, it was very meaningful. Absolutely. No, it's, 
Are you going to be attending a lot more events? There's going to be a lot of political events this year. Are you going to be going? I'm going to do everything I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What, what, um, and then in the, in the next couple months, what do you project or what, what, what are, what are you hoping for in terms of user, you know, um, amount, you know, just people on the, people on the app? Um, well, I'm just going to keep pushing as hard as I can. And I want to get to the point where, you know, I would love it if by the end of this year, um, I would like us to try to get to, you know, several hundred thousand at least. Um, and then, um, you know, and then it would be nice if maybe by the end of next year, we start, we're close to getting the same numbers that we had before we got banned, which was closer to half a million. Um, uh, but circumstances have changed. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to try to understand what my tools are to work with and what I can do, you know, things are just different now. Um, I'm a January 6th defendant and that's what it is, a convict. I'm a January 6th convict. So, you know, before I, I was going on Fox news all the time. I was going on cable news all the time. Um, I, at this point, I don't think I'm welcome anymore on those networks. So my why, reach is, why is that? Are they, are they, are they blacklisting you from all these networks? Um, I mean, I can't say that they don't tell you that, you know, but, um, you know, when you do something like create an app for people to walk away from the Democratic Party, and that's like a huge thing, and you can't get people to book you to come on and talk about it. I mean, you have to kind of like put two and two together and go, okay, you know, obviously, it's January 6th. Um, so this is going to have to be a very grassroots I think thing unless and maybe i'll be wrong you know maybe in the next week or two they'll call me and say come on we'll see but the point is that i can't really predict it because i don't know at this point what doors are open and what doors are closed and so obviously that's going to vastly affect my ability to reach people to let them know this is happening and and i want to ask you what do you what's your thoughts on the twitter files revelations um you were somebody that was censored for a long time i mean are you you're, you're probably not surprised, but it, I'm sure you're really disgusted with everything. True. I'm not surprised. Um, uh, and I am disgusted. And they've actually mentioned walkaway several times, including the ones that came out today, which I haven't gotten an opportunity to read yet. So, um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's very sad to me to know that my government has been working against me for years. Uh, because I spoke out about leaving the Democratic Party and tried to encourage other people to do the same thing. So um, am I surprised? No. Am I kind of heartbroken that all this time I was working so hard, I had the most powerful institution in the world working against me? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty upsetting. And think about the, the accomplishment and, and what you were able to pull off, you know, you know, doing this with just your gra grassroots. I mean, you really, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hell of a, an achievement, man. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, I worked very, very, very hard. Uh, I think I worked much harder than anyone else. And I think I built something amazing. Um, and to have, you know, the federal government come in and basically just smash it to bits uh, is, is devastating. Um, and then, to kind of know that the conservative leadership and institutions that should have been there to help me pick up those pieces aren't there um, is, is a whole nother, you know, thing to have to, to grapple with and, and deal with. But 
you know, I'm just going to keep working as hard as I can for as long as I can and make the most out of this that I'm able to. And, you know, if, if I can pull it back together, then I will. And if I'm not, then I'm going to go do something else. I hear you. I hear you, man. And, and what, what do you, are you, are you going to be, um, are you going to be going uh, to DC more and more often? Are there going to be, you know, this year, I mean, just with different, with, with all the okay with all the chaos, with all the everything we need to pay attention to, are you going to be over there a lot? I mean, if I have a reason to, um, I, I'm I'm not planning to go just for the sake of it. And again, I'm on probation. So for my travel is, you know, I have to request permission to be able to travel outside of my state. And um, to go to Washington, D.C., it's probably one of the least safe places for me to be. So um and conservatives don't want to go to DC anymore. So, um, you know, I think we'll plan our bigger events and impactful events in other places where people actually want to be. And, and out of all these stories so far, what's the one that inspired you the most? What would you say? Walkaway stories? Mm -hmm. I'm inspired by all of them. I mean, I'm inspired by any story where people are recognizing that the media has lied to them because that was my experience and i totally identify with that i identify with the experience of the media uh that betrayal that feeling of betrayal from the media mm -hmm. um so anything that kind of revolves around that i think is uh one that really touches me and you know like like when i think about it and when i see society and how how the media operates and how they brainwash people i mean it is so difficult for so many people to get out of their ways and get out of their bubble and think for themselves. And once they do that, once they're able to, you know, break out of that and really see, you know, the clear picture, it's amazing how their perspective changes. And, you know, it, it's, it's just, yeah, I'll tell you that the people that are able to walk away, it, it, it's a talent. It's a talent because most people yeah. Most people want to stay in that box and believe what they want to believe because it makes them feel better. It's very, very true. Uh, Rory, I do have to wrap up. I, I wanted to let you know. Okay, um, yeah, and, and, and I, I love having you here. Let's get you back very soon. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Well, I'm a, I, people can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Truth Social, Getter, um, YouTube, and Rumble. Uh, it's at Brandon Strock. My name is S-T-R-A-K-A, Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, uh, S-T-R-A-K-A. But I really want to encourage everybody to go to Walkaway Social. Um, you can find it now in your Apple App Store if you're an iPhone or uh, iPad user. Um, you can find it on the web at walkawaysocial.com. Or you can, uh, if you're an Android user, it'll be available in the Google Play Store within the coming days. So uh, load those mobile apps because they're amazing. Or go on the web, walkawaysocial.com, and be sure to check out these new walkaway videos and, and become a part of the community because it's it's really incredible. Well, well, Brandon, keep up the great work. God bless you, man. And uh, I'm proud of you, man. You're you're doing you're doing a hell of a job for humanity and you're changing lives. So thank you. And thank uh, you. We'll we'll get you back here soon, man. Take care. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. It's a beautiful day coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. Stop! Gary! Court order for asset seizures. So they're taking my car? You went radio silent on me. 
Is that what this is about? Just last night, and I thought, I miss that fucker. Is that true? Buongiorno. That's my cousin. Gary, I swear to God, he's my cousin. Mm. He's my second cousin. There's something seriously wrong with you. I'm an Uber driver, and I don't have a car. I'm going to lose my house. You think I chose this? Look at this. Need a car, date our son this summer, and bring him out of his shell before college. In exchange, we'll give you a Buick Regal. Date is in quotes. It's gotta be a joke, right? Now, have you seen these helicopter parents? I'm surprised they're not gonna fuck them themselves. We've just been so worried about our son. He's going to Princeton in the fall. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, we tried everything to bring him out of his shell. He doesn't come out of his room, he doesn't talk to girls, he doesn't drink. So when you say date him, do you mean date him or date him? Yes. Date him. Date him hard. Okay. I'll date his brains out. He volunteers at the animal shelter. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. How about I give you a ride home? Um, this isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. You're my hostage. What you got down there? Something for me? <laughs> Why? You tried kidnapping me! You're 19, grow up! Kid is unfuckable. Have a drink together. He'll have a Long Island iced tea. This is the worst iced tea I've ever had. Okay, one thing about me, I'm the baddest alive. Dance party. Don't know what to do. I just know my mom would have wanted me to save the house. He's probably just nervous. Why don't you loosen him up? We can go skinny dipping. What about sharks? Men here. Jellyfish? Not the season. It's really the lack of lifeguards. Just get the fuck in here right now. Okay. I'm just a bit of a romantic. He's actually really sweet. The best part about getting older is not giving a fuck what people think. I'm an adult now. I can make my own decisions. That's that's good. You want to savor it. Savor it. Come on, you're getting out of here. You don't belong here. Don't Let's touch me! Get away from her! Stay. Oh, fuck! We should go. Maddie, you can't! I can't lose my license. 1984 has been a tough year. Our sales are down, our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you in here to grow the basketball business. People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a Converse? NBA All-Star shoe. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie? Yes. Who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. You'll motor in.
believe in your son. I believe he's the future. And his story is gonna make us want to fly. But a shoe is just a shoe. Until my son steps into it. Got a name for it? Air Jordan. I don't know. Seriously? No, maybe it'll grow on me. Human history is the story of one terrible catastrophe after another. I, for once, would love to wake up magically in a better world. What makes you think the world's going to get better? Today, people get their energy from the sun. Humans have set foot on Mars. Cancer has been defeated. And yet, for every question answered, another one appears. Here's what you need to know about global warmings. Doesn't matter. At the end of the century, we'll be dead. We'll have to miss it. But we'll be smiling in gold-plated coffins. This is not the life that I envisioned it to be. The man whose house is on fire is incredibly easy to negotiate with. Give up and go home for one simple reason. We already are home. This is our only home. I think it helps to look at climate change like a bear. The whole planet's been wrestling with the bear for decades. So far, the bear's been kicking our ass. What if we were able to develop technology that would allow us to survive? maybe even thrive. You don't know what's gonna happen. It won't go the way you want. It never does. I remember being happy. So what about now? Are you happy now? Are we bad people? Stop being angry about the past. The future is now. is dangerous. Your mother's moving with her sister in Chicago. Thought you hated your sister. It's too hot out to hate people these days, Marshall. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. Court order for asset seizures. So they're taking my car? You went radio silent on me. Is that what this is about? Just last night, and I thought, I missed that fucker. Is that true? Buongiorno. That's my cousin. Gary, I swear to God, he's my cousin. Mm. He's my second cousin. There's something seriously wrong with you. I'm an Uber driver, and I don't have a car. I'm going to lose my house. You think I chose this? Look at this. Need a car, date our son this summer, and bring him out of his shell before college. In exchange, we'll give you a Buick Regal. Date is in quotes. 
It's gotta be a joke, right? No, have you seen these helicopter parents? I'm surprised they're not gonna fuck them themselves. We've just been so worried about our son. He's going to Princeton in the fall. Oh, I've heard of it. You know, we tried everything to bring him out of his shell. He doesn't come out of his room. He doesn't talk to girls, doesn't drink. So when you say date him, do you mean date him or date him? Yes. Date him. Date him hard. Okay. I'll date his brains out. He volunteers at the animal shelter. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. How about I give you a ride home? Um, this isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. You're my hostage. What you got down there? Something for me? <laughs> Why? You tried kidnapping me! You're 19, grow up! This kid is unfuckable. Have a drink together. He'll have a Long Island iced tea. This is the worst iced tea I've ever had. Okay, one thing about me, I'm the baddest alive. Dance party. I just don't know what to do. I just know my mom would have wanted me to save the house. He's probably just nervous. Why don't you loosen him up? We can go skinny dipping. What about sharks? Men here. Jellyfish? Not the season. It's really the lack of lifeguards. Shh, get the fuck in here right now. Okay. I'm just a bit of a romantic. He's actually really sweet. The best part about getting older is not giving a fuck what people think. I'm an adult now. I can make my own decisions. That's that's good. You want to savor it. Savor it. Come on, you're getting out of here. You don't belong here. Don't Let's touch me. Get away from her. Stay. Oh, fuck. We should go. Maddie, you can't outrun the cops. I can't lose my license. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, Master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers. Wouldn't even need to snap. Okay. Uh-huh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, what? Renfield. Braming innocent victims. I want a handful of nuns, a busload of cheerleaders. And I just want a normal life again. But this modern world is a dangerous place. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy with a decorative serving platter? It's all in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring in people to eat? You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? 
He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes. Hi. Are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No! Um, no! Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. To most, I am Balakshana. Okay, obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here. Now, let's eat. Nineteen eighty-four has been a tough year. Our sales are down. Our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you in here to grow the basketball business. People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a Converse? NBA All Star shoe. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Yeah, okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie? Yes. Who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. You'll motor in. I believe in your son. I believe he's the future. And his story is going to make us want to fly. But a shoe is just a shoe. Until my son steps into it. Got a name for it? Air Jordan. I don't know. Seriously? Well, maybe it'll grow on me. And we are back, the Rory Sodder Show, coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. Joining me now is the funniest man on planet Earth, Fred Rubino. The Fred Rubino Podcast, you can find it on the Next Gen USA. My friend, my buddy, my brother, what the hell is going on? What's up, Rory? I'll be live tonight on the Next Gen USA, 9 o'clock doing my podcast and so i hope uh i hope that goes well and i and we're going to be doing uh solder merck and rubino as well tonight too so everybody needs to tune in for that um yeah freddie fill us in though what have you been working on lately give give us give us the scoop give us the rundown uh, um i i was doing a few shows down in florida i did like four nights in a row at a nice club called visani's 
And uh, I do a new bit now on stand-up. And this is how insane people have become lately. I do a bit about the news. The news. Who gives a shit about the news, right? So I make fun of CNN. And in the middle of doing it, this woman gets up. Uh-oh. Was she big, fat, smelly, and ugly? Of course. But she walks Did she have a dirty-ass pussy? <laughs> no, I don't know. I didn't delve I'm in. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So she goes into the lobby, and she tells the head waitress, how dare you hire someone like that? How dare? And she's like, what? She goes, what is he saying? She goes, oh, how could you not know? And then the manager came over, and she was like, He's made, I don't know how you have people like this. I come here and she went on for 30 minutes complaining that I made fun of CNN. I didn't make fun of Democrats. I didn't make fun of the president. I just made fun of CNN. People are insane now. They're losing it, man. They're absolutely losing it. And I will say, um, I wanted to mention to you, did you hear Joe Rogan just opened his club in Austin, Texas? The, I the, not the, hear that, but I don't think Joe the Rogan. Unca the uncanceled club. It's called something like the uncanceled. Like you can't be canceled. Anybody can perform there regardless of what they say, even if it's, you know. Well, I, well, I better, I better uh, shoot him an email and say, uh, let's do this. They need Rubino over there, man. You need the headline over there. You need to be one of their main guys. Of course. And let me tell you something. He would love you. He would fucking love you. We need to get you on the Joe Rogan podcast. That would be a hell of a back and forth. That would be a hell of a back and forth. Well, let me tell you something. Joe Rogan should be on the You would have him on the ground. You would have him on the ground laughing his ass off. But what were we going to say? He should be on the Rory Sorter podcast. That's what he should be on. I would, I would love to interview him, man. I, I think he's a, a fascinating individual and what he's built, what he's been able to accomplish and overcome. And, and really, and really, sorry, but I'm not an insane cult liberal member that won't listen to anything except what I'm told to listen to. It's just like there's liberal comics that are funny and I laugh. I don't go into the lobby and say, how he made fun of CNN. Are you out of your fucking mind? And the beauty about Joe Rogan is that he really opened the door for the podcasting industry for, for all these comics. I mean, now, now all these comics to, for branding purposes and to spread the message, they're trying to do what Joe Rogan's doing. So and I mean, Joe Rogan didn't only open the door for comics. He opened the door for pretty much everybody in that department. I mean, podcasting wasn't even really much of a thing until Joe Rogan. I mean, I think he started in what, like 09 or 2010 back when, you know, yeah, crazy stuff, man. Hellblazer. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a, he does a great job. And like I said, he has people on that I don't agree with all the time, but right. people are so fucking brainwashed. People are, they're actually crazy. I've said this before on other pot on my other podcast. People are actually crazy now. It's not just with debating or let's talk about it. 
they've actually have gone insane. That's why I don't, I don't even talk to liberals anymore. I'm done. I'm so done with them. Yeah, you can pretty much spot them from a mile away by by their appearance, you know, by their smell, by exactly. their their posture, by their mannerisms. There, there, there's so many very so many variables that factor into it, but you can spot them. They're not hard to spot. It used to be when I was a kid that the old hippies would be saying, "Hey, man." Don't believe in anything that the news tells you. Don't believe in the government. They're all trying to manipulate it. Everybody used to go, come on, the hippies are parents. No, I got to apologize to all hippies. They were right. They were, they were right in the 60s and 70s. They couldn't have been more right. Did you say don't believe what the news tells you or don't believe what the Jews tell you? Both. <laughs> Isn't it one and the same? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. No, but I want. I also I wanted to ask you, what do you think of the Oscars coming up? What should we make of this? I mean, it it's it's going to be Oscars weekend. It's going to uh, it's everybody you know in Hollywood's big special moment, and they get all dressed up in their goofy ass gowns and their freaking. Yeah. Some of these wardrobes, it's like what the fuck? It's like some Fifth Element shit, man. It's like some Star Wars shit. It's like a, it's like a, a, a Satan uh, convention because they're all screwed up in the head. They're all down with pedophilia. They're all down with, uh, with everything. They're, they're, these are the worst people. And let me tell you something. Now that you've seen all the shit that came out with COVID, that it was all a big fucking... Every conspiracy theory about COVID is, is now is being exposed to be true. And all of these fucking uh, Hollywood bigs who they're still pushing to get the booster. They're still pushing, get your third booster, the fourth booster. Holy shit. These people have lost all credibility. You know, you might have went and got in a car if you saw like a cool celebrity driving it. Maybe. Not anymore. Celebrities now are the biggest pieces of shit in the world. Except for comedians. Comedians are now the number one go-to people that are in Hollywood. All the other ones, shit. You know what drives me nuts are these Pfizer sponsorships with these big celebrities. Them on these commercials having the audacity telling the public, go get your shot, stay up to date on your booster. How about you take your fucking booster and shove it up your fucking ass? How about that? Shove it up your cut hole. How about that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I hope that that uh, now they, they want babies to be uh, shot up. They want babies to have the booster. I hope when they're drinking their daily baby blood cocktail that it is adrenochrome is it called adrenochrome or whatever yeah something like that yeah. that it yeah. it gets them it gets them uh all the um uh, adrenaline that was in the tortured human beings blood and let me tell you something they're doing it this mm. is not this is not just some sick crazy thing they're doing it there's reasons why a lot of people know about it because they actually do that. That's how sick this 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 world is sick, and 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 the sickest people in this country are not politicians. 
the sickest people are Hollywood bigwigs. No doubt about it. And do you think there'll be any big slaps this year? Do you think there'll be any big moments? Do you think anybody's going to get... Uh... I hope so. I hope somebody <laughs> punched in the teeth. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, who do you want to get... Who do you... Who, who would you like to get slapped? Who who do you want to see get slapped? Uh, I would like to see Garofalo. Okay. That piece of shit who's constantly saying, oh, you, if you don't get the shot in a booster, you're killing people. You shouldn't be allowed in, in, in a hospital if you're not triple boosted. He should be punched right in the mouth, that guy. What about the host Jimmy Kimmel, your favorite, your favorite comedian, late night talk show host, your favorite talk show host? What a crybaby bitch that guy is. If there was ever a bitch, and let me tell you something, don't say you're from Brooklyn because you're not. You are a bitch with a capital B, and uh, all he does, all he does, is cry about anything they tell him to cry about and bitch and moan about any topic they tell him. When do you have the balls? The guy's got $50 million. Do you think then maybe you got the balls to say, you know what, now I'll say anything I want because no one could touch me. I got $50 million. No, he's still a bitch. He was born a bitch. He'll die a bitch. And the man show, remember the man show? Yeah, and which was all a farce because he's not really a man. He's a bitch. Right. But it's amazing how back in the day, that's, you know, that, that those are the kind of shows he was making. And now he's all this pro-feminist, pro-women, equality, all this bullshit. I mean, come on. I mean, he, he's such a hypocrite. He, he's such a phony. I think he has a vagina. That's what yeah. I he definitely gets fucked in the ass with a strap on by his wife. There's no doubt about it. He is a beta male. He's a big, and you know, same with Howard Stern. Howard Stern used to be, you know, this shock jock, this guy that said whatever he wanted with no filter. And now he's a sellout crybaby, you know, feminist, you know, uh, covering for the Democratic Party. Yeah, you know what? He calls himself a feminist, but yet he supports transgenders. <laughs> fucking dominating women's rights. Let me tell you, anyone who is pro-transgender is anti-women. Case closed, because anything you want transgender people to do, it's always at the expense of a woman, and usually it's a minor. It's a woman who is under 18. A hundred percent that if you are pro-transgender, you are anti-woman because you want the transgender to be able to walk into a girl's bathroom. You want a transgender man to be able to be in a girl's locker room at, in front of a 12-year-old girl. That's what you're in favor of, which means you are so anti-feminist. And that, that, that's what I'm saying. They're such hypocrites. You know, take, take Howard Stern's daughters, put them in a locker room, and have some big strong guy with lipstick on go in front of them. See how you fucking like it. But they don't want they don't want the rights for them. They don't want them to comply. They want you to comply. They want your kids to see some freaky drag show. Not their kids. No, 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 no. They'll keep their kids away. They're shitting in the street in LA in front of your house, not mine. It's 
all they want is for you to lose the rights, not them. And he's such a piece of shit now, Howard Stern. Fucking $500 million contract? You still ain't got the fucking balls to say what you want? Holy shit. When do people grow a pair of balls? When? And speaking of women's rights, what did you do to celebrate International Women's Day yesterday, Fred? I threw a couple of women's lefts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll tell you something, though. I, I'm so sick of this entitlement, these insecure, unattractive, smelly cunts that uh, need validation and, and a day to prove their worth. I mean, and, and let, let's face the facts here, Fred. You know, I mean, it, it really, it really is quite something. You know, they they say they they can't, they 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 say they can live without men. They don't need men. They want to abolish the patriarchy. Really, what yesterday was about was encouraging more abortion, women to be more and more whores, and um, yeah, I mean, really, that's what it's come to. I mean, it's it's not even about the original feminism. The original feminism term and ideology was hijacked a long time ago by women with red hair and nose rings, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a sad state of affairs, my friend. It's it's all bullshit. The movement is bullshit. The woman's movement ended in the sixties. It ended. Now it's just an ultra liberal bullshit excuse to push ultra liberal agenda. You will never see the women's rights movement have fight for the right of a woman to be conservative. Never, never. Yeah. And let me tell you something. If you need to be in this day and age, I'm not talking about the 50s, in this day and age, if you're a woman and you don't have power over men, you're an ugly bitch. Right. And think about bitch movement. That's what it is. And think about all these single women that are angry and they're, they're insecure, they're hateful, they're ignorant. And I mean, this, this is part of the feminist movement, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's sad. If you can't get men to give you money for dancing in front of them, then you have no fucking business in the women's right movement. That's it. You're too fucking ugly. It's it's the ugly bitch movement. It's not the fucking women's right movement. Have you ever seen what these protesters look like? I oh, mean, horrendous. horrendous. And it's like they want to feel like they belong to something. It's like a religion. It's like a cult. It's like a. It's like oh, I want to be a part of this team. I want to feel welcomed in something because they ha haven't felt like that before. It's you know, because they're fucking insane too. They're they they're twisted. I don't know what made them twisted. I don't know what happened to their childhood. But it's not fucking my. Uh, obligation to know what fucking twisted you. So you're a woman, dress like a fucking woman, have the power. Women have so much power over men, it's unbelievable. And all the good looking women turn around and tell these other fucking people, I'm not with you. I have so much fucking power. I don't need your fucking pink hat, fucking pink hair bullshit. I have fucking. My wife has total fucking domain over my life. I give her all my money. I fix the house any way she wants. That, that's real power. 
if you don't have power as a woman, you're not fucking acting like a woman. It's true. So true. And I want to, I want to ask you, uh, how many shows do you have planned for this year for being on the road? A lot? I don't, I don't know. They come in here and there, you know, I, I last year I, I did too many shows and I was away too long and I flew too long. So now I cut back a lot of my shows. So, so a lot of times people message me, Hey, could you do this show? No, I want to stay home that week. So I, 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 I do them as they come in. Uh, I, I like to have like two or three shows a month. Last, last week was crazy. Four and four days. I don't dig that. I don't like to do that. I have a guy in Myrtle Beach calling me. He wants me to do a week in Myrtle Beach. No. <laughs> did, did you see Biden yesterday honor uh, a biological man with an award? And, I mean, this what a slap in the face to women. I mean, is that part of women's rights? I mean. She was so ugly, he didn't even sniff her. That's when you know you're fucking ugly. When uh, Biden won't even sniff true, her. True, true. That's when you... How 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 the fuck as a woman are you standing on that stage and applaud that you gave a woman's fucking a woman of the year or whatever to a guy? Is that the most fucking offensive? That's just like saying uh in American Indian of the Year award goes to fucking uh, some cowboy in the fucking West. Yeah. How the fuck? How would you do that? That's just like saying the the Martin Luther King Black Person of the Year Award goes to fucking Freddie Rubino. Woohoo! Kiss my black ass. You can't do that. How the fuck are women standing by and letting that happen? It's disgraceful. And I'm noticing the more women that use the equality narrative, the more the more women that go down that route. The more are the more they become single mothers. The more they become the type of people working three to four jobs. I mean, that's really what it becomes. I mean, these people, you know. I mean, a, a man wants nothing to do with them. Who the fuck wants to go near these people? Yeah. Who the fuck wants to go near them? I don't want to go near them. When they show up at the shows, I could already. I already know that they're going to be offended. I just hope they shut the fuck up. If not, I tell you what, I, that woman who got up in my show, I'm glad she went into the lobby. And when you, I came out, the, the uh, manager goes, do you know what she said? And I go, I don't give a fuck what she said. She's insignificant. Fuck you should you should make a, you, you should make material. And I keep, I keep talking about this all the time. I mean, I hear so many women say, my ex is such a narcissist. He's such a hateful person. I can't believe I was with him. Well, you sure spent a lot of time with him. You let him stick it in you. You let him have kids with you. You were loving him all that time. Why all of a sudden is he a narcissist and such a bad person? Like, we need to hold women accountable. Like, there's so much victimhood. They're all, yeah, they're all victims, except for the hot ones. They're the ones who are fucking ruling us with an iron fist. Yeah, it's true. It's, it, it's so true, bro. And I'll tell you something. Like, when you start making, like, okay, tell me your most triggering joke. Like, what would be your most triggering joke? Don't tell it, obviously, here, because I don't want you to give it away. But what is it in regards to? Like, what category? Like, where people really, where people would really protest the most and flip a shit in the audience. 
Well, I used to do a joke about Jesus being black. <laughs> oh, shit. And most crowds love it. Uh, but Some people actually think that, though. Some, some people actually think he was black. Well, black, yeah. Well, my joke goes that uh, I was going to church and my black neighbor said, you know, Jesus is black. And I started thinking about that. And I said, you know what? If Jesus is black, then God's black because that's his son. And Mary's black and Joseph's black. And I turned to the audience and I say, remember when heaven was a much better neighborhood and fucking people go fucking ape shit over that. So, uh, but my, this time I do a Kamala Harris joke. And I got to say, this last show I did got the biggest response. People stood up and gave me an ovation. That's how much this fucking woman is hated. It's fuck. I don't know how they won this election. It was obviously rigged, but nowhere that I perform does anyone not fucking love my Kamala Harris joke. But so, but some people get triggered by it. And what what when you're going to these shows, what do you usually draw with attendance? About five hundred people. No, no, these clubs only hold uh, between 100 and 200 people. So, you know, it varies. If, if they advertise and people know I'm going to be there, then I draw very well. If, if, if the club doesn't advertise, let's face it, the fucking Pope could be there and no one would know. So it's, it's really up to the place. And I, and I advertise on social media. But everywhere I perform, I get people from Facebook and YouTube who follow me and they come out of their way to see me. So I love that about social media. And speaking of that Pope, I think he's a, I think he's a sodomite. I think he's a homosexual and he keeps hiring a bunch of homosexuals to work alongside of him in, in the Vatican. Yeah. The Vatican uh, seems to uh, encourage it or at the, at the very least uh, they go out of their way to hide it. And to me, anytime you are involved in making it easy to harm a child, you're just as fucking guilty as the person bombing the child. It's true. No, it's true. And I want to. I want to. I want to ask you about the, your your material with your stand up. How often do you write new material? Are you constantly thinking in your head like like new new skits and stuff like that? I do. I do. Sometimes I'm just that. That's why I love to to have my phone in my hand. If I see something and I go, oh shit, that would make a nice joke. Then I just fucking take out my the note on the thing and I just fucking type it in and then I'll develop a joke. I usually like to do like one new joke at least a month. And then this way, if you haven't seen me in 12 months, you go, holy shit. The first 20 minutes of your set is I never seen it before. You don't realize it because you're only working in one at a time. But if someone hasn't seen you for a year or two, then they get to see a lot of new shit. And, and what, what brings a joke into, into fruition. Like what, what, like, is it something that you experience something that you run into maybe on a, on a daily, a day, a daily errand, like, so, you know, something a friend says, you know, what really, or, or something you think about in your head. Uh, it's, it's usually something that just pops into your head. That's happening right then and there that you think is funny. Like my, your comedic mind, twisted into something funny so you write it down and you do it it's very hard i actually never just sat down 
and wrote a joke from just nowhere. That's hard. You, what you do is you see things that are happening and you write down these little topics and you write down things that you saw and then you go home and you say, okay, I can make this into a joke. And then what happens is you, you do it on stage the first couple of times and it's like a two-minute joke. By the time you've mastered it, it's a 40-second joke. You chop it down and, and you make it a, a good hit joke. So that's how I do it anyway. I don't know how people just go home and sit down and say, I'm going to write a joke. I don't think that happens. I think it's whatever dawns on you. If you're in the uh, supermarket and you see something and you see, oh, it's salted nuts. Oh, okay. And then you write it down and you say, okay, this is the, uh, you know, the Bruce Jenner nuts or something, you know, some shit like that. And I know you love it and you make you really make it look easy. Um, and, and it's phenomenal. But what would you say is the hardest part about being a, co a comic? Uh, the hardest part about being a comic is uh, having venues uh, respond to uh, you saying, hey, I'd like to perform at your venue. Most places, they don't want anybody who doesn't have representation. And I do not. And I do it all myself. And a lot of places are like, oh, I have 20 comics that do my club. And I don't take a chance on anybody new. That's the hardest part is, is getting the booking. Now, now, let me ask you this. In, in regards to <clears throat> overcoming the stage fright, because that, I mean, I, I think I could be a great stand-up comedian. My biggest fear is stage fright. Was that ever a thing for you early on in your career? Getting a getting on that stage for the first time and actually, because I think, I think most people worry about, you know, what's the reaction going to be from the crowd? How are people going to perceive things? Stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what happens when I first started, I had like six or seven minutes. So you go to shows that just put you up for seven, six or seven minutes. And the biggest thing that was frightening for me is I only have seven minutes. If I forget half of it, I'm fucked. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So right. as soon as you get your set down, that you don't have to worry about forgetting, that's when all the fright left me. I didn't give a shit about going up there and saying what I had to say. I just didn't want to say, hey, I'm doing a 20-minute set now, and eight minutes in, I forget everything, and now I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? So as soon as I knew that I could just be up there for that amount of time, I never had uh, any problems again, being afraid. I love it. I love it, Fred, Fred Rubino. I, I, I love having you with us, man. Uh, you're doing. You're a busy man. You're doing a lot of big things right now. You're on the road a lot. You're doing a lot of shows. Tell it, and you're doing it. You're doing a show on our network as well. Tell everybody where they can find you, though. Get involved. Get tickets and uh, all your work and all that stuff. Go to uh, FredRubino.com. That's my website. You'll see my schedule. If it's not up to date, then just go to Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, and just uh, go, type in Fred Rubino, and you will see some of my jokes, and you will see advertisements for where I'll be playing next. And uh, most of the time, you go to FredRubino.com, and you can buy tickets right from my site. If not, just call the club. FredRubino.com. I'll see you tonight on the next gen. Yep, your show tonight is at 8 Eastern, and then we'll be doing a show.
Wait, wait, wait. What time are you doing your show tonight on the network? Nine. And then with you guys at 10. Perfect, man. I'm looking forward to it. Going to be a good time. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Um, we'll, we'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, MyPillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that MyPillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. The MyPillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last MyPillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night. I look forward to going to bed and I wake up well rested in the morning. Sleep is all about temperature and height. MyPillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is gonna give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed. And now here's where it gets even better. We've all experienced those temperature-related sleep interruptions where you get too hot, you toss and turn, you flip your pillow over to the cool side, well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. Stop! Gary! Court order for asset seizures. So they're taking my car? You went radio silent on me. Is that what this is about? Just last night, and I thought, I missed that fucker. Is that true? Buongiorno! That's my cousin. Gary, I swear to God, he's my cousin. Mm. He's my second cousin. There's something seriously wrong with you. I'm an Uber driver and I don't have a car. I'm gonna lose my house. You think I chose this? Look at this. Need a car? Date our son this summer and bring him out of his shell before college. In exchange, we'll give you a Buick Regal. Date is in quotes. It's gotta be a joke, right? No, have you seen these helicopter parents? I'm surprised they're not gonna fuck them themselves. We've just been so worried about our son. He's going to Princeton in the fall. Oh, I've heard of it. You know, we tried everything to bring him out of his shell. He doesn't come out of his room. He doesn't talk to girls, he doesn't drink. So when you say date him, do you mean date him or date him? Yes. Date him. Date him hard. Okay. I'll date his brains out. He volunteers at the animal shelter. Hi. Mind if I touch your wiener? What? Your dog. How about I give you a ride home? Um, this isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. You're my hostage. What you got down there? Something for me? <laughs> Why? You tried kidnapping me! You're 19, grow up! This kid is unfuckable. Have a drink together. He'll have a Long Island iced tea. 
This is the worst iced tea I've ever had. This party. Don't know what to do. I just know my mom would have wanted me to save the house. He's probably just nervous. Why don't you loosen him up? We can go skinny dipping. What about sharks? Men here. Jellyfish? Not the season. It's really the lack of lifeguards. Let's get the fuck in here right now. Okay. I'm just a bit of a romantic. He's actually really sweet. The best part about getting older is not giving a fuck what people think. I'm an adult now. I can make my own decisions. That's that's good. You want to savor it. Savor it. Come on, you're getting out of here. You don't belong here. Don't Let's touch face. me. Get away from her. Stay. <laughs> oh, sh oh, fuck. <laughs> we should go. Maddie, you can't outrun the cops. I can't lose my license. Nineteen eighty-four has been a tough year. Our sales are down. Our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you in here to grow the basketball business. People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a Converse? NBA All-Star shoe. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie? Yes. Who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie, yeah. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. You'll motor it. I believe in your son. I believe he's the future. And his story is gonna make us want to fly. But a shoe is just a shoe. Until my son steps into it. Got a name for it? Air Jordan. I don't know. Seriously? Maybe it'll grow on me. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers. Wouldn't even need to snap. Okay. Uh-huh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, what? 
Renfield. Bring in innocent victims. I want a handful of nuns, a busload of cheerleaders. And I just want a normal life again. But this modern world is a dangerous place. Thank you. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy with a decorative serving platter? It's all in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring in people to eat? You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes. Hi. Are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No! No! Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. To most, I am Baracula. Okay, obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here. Let's eat. Just like that, a moment turns romantic. So why pause to take a pill? And when you're having fun, why stop to find a bathroom? With Cialis for daily use, you don't have to plan around either. It's the only daily tablet approved to treat erectile dysfunction, so you can be ready anytime the moment is right. Plus, Cialis treats the frustrating urinary symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently, day or night. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain or adempus for pulmonary hypertension, as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any symptoms of an allergic reaction, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Why pause the moment? Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use. And for a $200 savings card, go to Cialis.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried My Coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. 
It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. I do want to introduce my next guest. Mark Burrell joins us. Mark, your first time on the show. It's great to have you here. You have a new book out, best-selling author, Rediscovering the American Cavent uh, Roadmap <laughs> to Restore America. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, first and foremost, tell everybody about yourself. Give a bio. Give a background. How it all started for you? Is I am definitely not a best-selling author yet. This is uh, my first book. Ironically, if you asked me a few years ago if I'd be writing a book, I would say there's no way. I I'm an engineer. I like hey, to tell Mark, people Mark, I'm a recovering Mark, engineer. Real quick, we're having some connection issues. Are you using yeah. Google Chrome? I'm on my phone. Oh, are you near a computer? Uh, I'm not. I'm downstairs. I'm, I shouldn't have a wireless problem. Oh, no. Now it sounds better. For a second, it was cutting out a little bit, but now it's better. As you were saying, go ahead. Sorry. Maybe I'll get a little closer. That might be part of the problem. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that'll help. So the mic isn't buried in the holder here. Okay. So that um, I'm a recovering engineer. And uh, I say that because engineers have no... I was about to but, say, uh, a recovering engineer. Sounds like I'm a recovering alcoholic. I was going to say, what, elaborate, no, elaborate on the recovering engineer thing. Yeah, so if you've never been around an engineer, what time it is, we'll tell you how to build a watch. I mean, we're just, we're not very helpful. However, if you have a complicated topic and you want someone to explain it, do you be more helpful? And so uh, that's really the tack I took with this with this book. It's about the founding. Uh, when did this all start? It started about 30 years ago. And I had a question in the Philadelphia area. And I was uh, it was very patriotic upbringing. And I was in all this. But the question for me was, if, if that were true, and but Jesus said you should pay the colonists basically started this whole revolution because they didn't want to pay their taxes you know like could that possibly be biblical and so i thought you know i should figure that out over picking up books and i finally decided to just look at the bible and read through it so it talked about this whole thing about governing and liberty and justice and rights and rory i was at how much information i found 
And when I arranged still, it and started looking Mark, at it. Mark, I'm still having a I'm hard just, time hearing. I'm still having a hard time hearing. You know, I want to take a quick commercial break and we'll come right back. Let's try to fix it. I don't know what's going on, but I can hear like every other word. Um, but hold, hold on one second. We'll take a quick commercial. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, MyPillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that MyPillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. The MyPillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last MyPillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night. I look forward to going to bed and I wake up well rested in the morning. Sleep is all about temperature and height. MyPillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is gonna give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed. And now here's where it gets even better. We've all experienced those temperature-related sleep interruptions where you get too hot, you toss and turn, you flip your pillow over to the cool side. Well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature-regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. And we are back with the Rory Sodder and the news. Um, I want to try Mark again and see. Um, Mark, are you with us? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I know, but it, it goes it goes in and out with I, I can hear like every other word you're saying. So there is a connection issue on your side. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you rescheduled because uh, I definitely want to talk to you for a long time. And I want to make sure I hear everything and we can go into a lot of details on a lot of your life because I find it fascinating. So we will definitely make that arrangement. Um, everybody, I uh, want to thank you all for tuning in today to Rory Sauter and the News. I will be hosting the next gen live at 8 p.m eastern so tune in we will be having about six or seven people on the panel lots of big discussions um but thank you god bless you much love cheers <laughs>